Hey, welcome to episode six of the Articulate Ox podcast, where artists talk about the art that made them artistic. Thank you so much for joining me. I am your host, Soma79. So our guest this week is New England battle rapper Kevin3SK Sullivan. I've known Kev for like 15 years, and this dude absolutely shreds his opponents. He loves throwing in pro wrestling bars from the 80s and 90s, which always gets a pop out of me. Um, I love watching Kev battle. We have a great conversation here about hip-hop and about wrestling, which is probably why the episode goes a little long. The interview is about an hour and 40 minutes, so I'm not going to spend too much time here up front talking about it because there's a lot of talking coming. So I will mention at the end of the episode, there is a battle clip for Kev from one of his recent battles. You definitely want to check that out. And the topic today is Boston MC legend Acrobatic, who is a rapper that Kevin and I have both been inspired by for probably over two decades. He's a legend in Boston and in the underground hip hop scene in general. So uh, thank you so much for joining us and I really appreciate it. Have a good one. We are here today at the Articulate Ox podcast. I am Soma79, your host, and this is Kevin3SK Sullivan. How are you doing today? What up? What up? I'm excellent, man. Always good. Uh, always good to talk to you. Pleasure to hear from you. Thank you for having me. Much Stone Cold Steve Boston in the house. <laughs> Damn right. Uh, ice Cold Wrestling Bars. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just heard you. I was watching some of your battles a minute ago. I just heard you drop a wrestling bar line. There was a line about um, smack you in the gums in the ring like Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect. Yeah. Fucking one of my, one of my favorite bars actually ever is that I one. Right I've heard, ironically, I've heard all the battlers use it since then. Like uh, none of them before me, but I've heard a bunch <laughs> of people use it since then. But it's one of my yeah. favorites. Ever. Yeah, um, I, I definitely already had my list to talk about wrestling bars and wrestling and <laughs> nice, all that nice. shit. So, well, um, my perfect. goal is That's perfect for the subject that we're about to talk about too. Yeah. So, my goal is for every conversation I have in this podcast to go back to pro wrestling. So this one's <laughs> yes. I don't know if you've seen the shirt that I, I made these shirts the pro wrestling because in that same battle I say I'm known for cold wrestling nice bars. And bars. Like, I may need some. I may need to buy one of those made off after. you. All right, I have to buy one of those yeah. off here. Um, well, I'm still rocking. I just I found this in the back of my closet, shady wear that I like never wore from like 2001. Yeah. It's you like you can tell it's from 2001. Yeah, it's like six sizes too big. This I is like you lift your hands up. That's what it's fucking. This is like a Sean John medium <laughs> from back. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> it's but, funny. Um, I just bought an Adi- I bought an Adidas shirt the other day, and I bought a medium, which is what I usually wear, and it was like it looks like some old four triple XL yeah. shit. Yeah, like oh, I was like fine, Adidas yeah. is still on that apparently. Yeah, yeah. I was I was watching that Kanye. <laughs> documentary that netflix had and it was reminding me of that era in time in the early 2000s where the best fashion look was get the smallest whitest shirt you can find in the biggest puffiest the... jacket you can find yes yes and that's fine <laughs> for everywhere you know yeah so. it was like it was also kind of like the like uh the twist of like the raver period where people would wear like real tight shirts and extremely baggy right. pants yep. Like, oh yeah, I got some. Photos I always thought that, that was like a weird fashion too. Oh yeah, I was, I was all about. Yeah. It. Oh, I know, I know. We've talked about it before. That's oh yeah, talking. <laughs> I don't remember. But all right, so back yeah, to the yeah, topic yeah. at hand. So I didn't think we've said who yeah, you yeah. are yet, really. Besides being everybody who knows three SK, one of the top battlers out there right now, uh, Massachusetts finest, uh, still yeah. called Steve Boston himself. Um, Steve I heard Boston. that right? that's laid me the Bean Malenko. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, fucking the Fly Irish guy. That's why they hate your boy Mick Flair, uh, aka. <laughs> AKA John Senior Girl Naked a few times. Uh, AKA Hacksaw Jim Thuggin. Uh, a few others I can't think of right now. <laughs> I'm sure they'll come to you. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so 3SK here is a ridiculous battle rapper. Go find his videos on YouTube. What are some of the um, some of the, the leagues that you've been battling in? 
so four and three battle league out in Western Mass is, is, is kind of like my home league, even though I mean, I don't live out in that area, but they're the people who have, who have held me down the longest. Um, Shark Tank Battlegrounds is where I started. Big shout out to Chilla Jones, who actually, that was a league that ran like 10 years ago when I started. And they're actually back up and running. Just had a crazy event yesterday. Unfortunately, I work very early in the morning, so I didn't go to a, a Sunday event. But up, up, um, utmost respect to Chilla and everyone like that. He's been holding me down for years. I just um, heard I you was, call I, him out on a video. You just said he was ducking you. I did. 40 bars. So this is a strange juxtaposition. Listen, fucking uh, steel sharpens steel. You know, to be the best, I want to battle the best. You know what I mean? And I, I don't know. Him, I battle a lot of. I battle a lot of my friends. Like you know, some yeah. people. Like, it's all in good stuff. fun too. It seems. Yeah, and Chilla is hands down the best in New England. And uh, you know, if I want to be the best, I gotta at least try to yeah. beat the best. You know what I mean? Yeah. There you and, go, man. I've so, heard that before. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like be the man. You people, gotta beat the man. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah. I took shots. I took it. I forgot about that. Yeah, against forty, which is one of my favorite battles ever. Me versus forty, 40 bars. Shouts to her. I love oh her. man, I just watched that and I was like, I'm like, I felt like I had to call my mom after that. And I only got to see the first few minutes of of her response, but it was it was pretty tight. Like I've seen. Her oh, she's, she's good. Awesome. If you're not familiar with her, she is ruthless. Uh, she battled Maroni a few years ago. Yes, that was actually her first battle on Kim. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, she did real well. It was funny because, like, at the time, she got like a lot of hate because, uh, like, you know, she was like a you know a pretty girl yeah. spitting gum. She had like a little pink dress on and shit. Yeah, and she was like spitting gun bars and shit. And at that time, she got a lot of hate. And like, fast forward years later, all the comments are people hating on Maroney for telling like jokes. And she was, you know, like yeah, over it's the years, funny like, how it the transition of like yeah. back then, all the people wanted to hear was jokes, and now people hated Maroney for the jokes and. Yeah. It's just weird how that how that like changed. You know yeah, what I mean? But, people. I I do remember uh, the elephant foot line that Maroney had on that. I, I don't remember any of the bars in particular, but I I remember I, him being very entertained at the time. Yeah, it, I was like that. So yeah, it still is. Yeah, All right, but. so we we can, we can go on this forever. Let's talk. Let's get back a little bit to what we're here to talk about originally. The um you know the topic you chose was um acrobatic, the acrobatic EP, which absolutely yeah. You got to see right here. I got the vinyl right yeah. here. Man, Which, this uh, thing is, oh, man, I was uh, so glad to revisit this. I, I'm in this project now where I'm trying to reorder all my CDs, and I just come across this the other day, and I was like, I got to listen to this. So I was so glad yeah. to get to this again. Yeah. So when you, when you hit me with, that, with the idea, it's like something that inspires you. I, I took a while thinking about it, and I kind of like was kind of like wrecking my brain thinking about it. My first thought was actually the movie Crush Group. Which I'm oh, sure you remember yes. the, the Def Jam yeah. story. I love that movie. Oh, and, I, and it came to mind first because I was talking about it recently with someone. Like, because someone was like, "Oh, like I love the NWA movie, and obviously Eight Miles yeah, yeah, yeah. movie as a battle rapper." Uh, right. I'm not even the biggest Eminem fan, but when that movie came out, oh like, yeah, oh, fuck. you know, what I, mean? yeah. I was like, it was like everybody you know, thought they were Rocky, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I always say like that movie was great for me because everybody wanted to battle, so it gave me so many people to battle. All of a sudden, everybody in my high school had had at least one uh, battle rap written. You know what I mean? Yeah. I battled. Um, but, I did. I did a few TD three battles around that time yeah, too. Yeah. It was um, uh, some went better than others. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, dude, a lot of us be like that back then. But yeah. uh, I almost was gonna do that as my topic because that movie really inspired me because there was so much like business, like behind the scene, the business of yeah. it. There was a scene where LL Cool J kicks in Rick Rubin's door, yes. and uh, which really happened. That's like a hundred yeah. percent how it went down. Yeah, and uh, I loved it. I love, I love that movie. But uh, I decided to go <laughs> with the acrobatic uh, for this first EP, and the reason I did that is uh, Hempfest two thousand. I'm gonna show my age real quick. Yeah. Hempfest two thousand. I was fourteen years old. I just, uh, you know, what I thought became an adult, you know what I mean? Right, like, right, yeah. 14 years old, yeah. you can't tell me nothing. Uh, me and my friends went down to Hempfest for the first time ever. 
I turned 21 that I turned 21 that year, and I thought I was an adult too. Yeah, yeah. Same. You know, we always listen. I'm 36, and I think I'm an adult. I'm not yeah, quite sure. I'm not, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But it was a very, it was a very pivotal moment in my life. You know what yep. I mean? Like, you know, it was when we first started partying. You know, getting laid, doing doing crazy yeah. shit. Uh, and just I, do a hemp fest. Then that it was not. It was it was you couldn't just spark up. It you people did it, but it wasn't like it's now. Like it was well, like well, that was the thing. Like so, that summer I went to my first concert ever, which was Ozfest 2000, which is another great story. Yeah. And that was the first time I ever seen people like in public smoke weed. But that was different. That was at a concert, and I kind of right. knew that that's that's how it went down. But getting the hemp fest, and people were just openly smoking those right. pops there and shit. I was like, oh, this is crazy. Like we were still very illegal then. Like you walked outside of hemp fest, you get arrested. But they kind of didn't right. bust your balls then. And they arrested but, uh, so enough a... people to make an example every year, so they yeah, could say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, don't be the example. You know right, what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. Uh, but it was a very, it was a very surreal uh, thing for a fourteen-year-old kid to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I, I, I remember that so vividly that like we, we had just got there. We were kind of hanging out, like not right up at the stage, but kind of in that area. And I remember the the guy who was announcing was like, oh, up next. We got a local rapper by the name of Acrobatic coming out of Dorchester, Mass. And when he said that, I was like, "Yo, local rapper. And he came on. I don't remember the first song he did, whatever, but right away, you know, he had those boom back beats. So right away, I was like, oh, shit. And like, I remember we were smoking. And I'm kind of like itching, to- like inching towards the stage. I was like, I got to see this kid. You know what I mean? Like, I got to right. see this guy. And uh, and he killed it. He absolutely killed it. It was amazing. I think Lyft was there with him. I don't 100% remember if Lyft did the set with him. But um, I remember them announcing Acrobatic. So like uh like fast forward like an hour or so later we're walking around and he had a booth and uh me and my buddies walked over and saw him I you know game daps and blah 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 my buddy bought the CD and I bought the the vinyl which I still have to this day and I didn't even have turntables at the time but I I wanted to be a DJ so right, bad yeah I'm you buying start the somewhere. vinyl you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? well because my buddy bought the CD my buddy my buddy Delaby one of, one of my grandmas actually you know uh, Eric Delabama very well yeah. I'm pretty sure right I so it's his that. brother Jay who's one of my best friends yeah uh, so he bought the CD so I was like all right I'm gonna buy the vinyl. Didn't even have turntables yet, but I was like, I know I'm going to get them. So I, I bought yeah, them yeah. and uh, we listened to it the entire ride home. And we were talking about wrestling bars. There's a song. Yes, with him Royal and Esoteric. With Esoteric. And I, yeah. I so vividly remember, like, we're getting the car driving back from Boston. And that song comes on. And I'm in the backseat. My eyes light up again. I was like, I was like, yo, these are all wrestling bars. Like, yeah. right off the intro, the like, Black Egg Mulligan, uh. I R S O and the dude just like I did at the beginning. The yeah, yeah. Boston. Like I stole my entire style from that song, and I'm not even. Yeah. <laughs> I have no shame in admitting it. No, like, I mean, I, I think it's, it's that is a, I think that's actually the song that maybe fine. I because uh, I was a big esoteric fan, and I think I found him through as acrobatic through that song. Hundred percent. I am a huge esoteric fan, and like uh, again, no shame to admit. Like I was like esoteric and Big L. The first time I heard the two of them, like the first yeah. time I heard Big L, I threw away every single rhyme I had ever written. And I was like, okay, that's how you structure a bar. Like, uh, yeah. I was like, you better flee, hop to get your head flown. Three blocks, Box. LPs, yep. rappers, us bumping like, like three bo- box. Like, when I, yeah. I heard that, I was like, oh, that's how you do it. And then Esso, you know, also had that same uh, multi yes. setup and was just such, such a heavy punch letter. And again, like, you know, being a white guy from Massachusetts, I was like, yo, this guy is, it, it blew yeah. my mind. Yeah. So that, yeah. that, song, that song particularly was one of the ones that I, you know, like held near oh, and dear God, to my yeah. heart. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I went home that day and wrote a verse for it. You know what I mean? I went home rolling right. my first wrestling bars that day. I was so inspired. They had the beat to the flow, which is on the flow, which is a great song. Me and yep. me and Pastorosa Nakarnik, so you yes. obviously know very I well. Know very well. Uh, my, my former we, like monarchy. Uh, yeah, band, yeah, yeah, and, and and still one of my best friends to this day. Yep, we rapped too. over that beat all day, every day. When I finally got the turntables that following Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and that was it. That was off. We were off and running. As far as we were concerned, we were rappers after that. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just he. Uh, I think you were kind of getting to this before that like there weren't really. In, I, I'm a few years older than you. There weren't really Boston MCs. Like there was when I was a kid. And I go to like Sam Goody or whatever. There'd be two or three rows of tapes, and there was Ed OG and the Bulldogs, which was Boston MC. And they yeah. tried it. You could say like New Edition, but like and then Gangstar. But it's like they didn't. They almost felt more New York and Texas. Like Boston was almost like yeah. a third of what they were. It seemed so. So like I said, after again, I was fourteen. Like I knew Gangstar, but I wasn't really big on Gangstar at the time. I didn't know Guru was from Massachusetts until probably four years later. I was watching. I remember actually specifically. I was watching a documentary. I forget the name of the documentary now. I, I love, uh, I'm a sucker for a good documentary, especially yeah, any hip hop one. Yeah. Um, was, and he was so talking about the um, the busing uh, situation in Boston, which is, you know, very well known. He, yep. he was one of the, he was one of the people who got busted to white communities. He was talking about people throwing rocks at him. And I'm listening to the story and it's, and all of a sudden it clicks. I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, Guru's from Boston. I was like, I never knew that. You know what I mean? Because he doesn't, he has that song. Um, oh my God, I can't think of the name of the song. It's off one of their albums where he raps about moving from Boston to New York. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't think of the name. It'll drive me crazy if I keep thinking of it. But uh, it never clicked on me until I heard that story that he was from Massachusetts. So I like, didn't like know until think- I saw the his thought outside of Tower Records. He had a star there because I I saw the X Girl to Next Girl video when it came out in like '92, and then like I knew who they were, but it wasn't until one day I'm walking down Newbury Street in front of Tower Records that he had a star. I think, and I was like, Yeah, oh. no shit. I never knew that. I never yeah. noticed that. But yeah, to get back to the saying, so like at that time, like I said, I was 14 years old. I was I'd already been writing rhymes uh, a little bit, you know, little drunken freestyles, but nothing, nothing serious because I didn't know you could do it. Like I didn't know there was anything right. in Massachusetts for that. I didn't know about. This was right around the time I discovered 88.9, and even then I yes. wasn't really. But by the way, R.I.P. to 88.9 and 9. 88.9 is how I got into underground. That hip-hop. actually, I could have done a whole episode on that too. To I honest. could too. But 88.9 like, and 9. You know. Um. Yeah. R.I.P. to Emerson College, right outside of. Commons where Hempfest was, ironically. Yes. Literally, yeah. the studio was right there on, um, not Park Street, but whatever that street is right there. Yeah. I have cassette um, tapes that I taped like songs, like the, the Tribe Called Quest scenario remix off like 88.9. Like, yes. Like yes. College Boys, like Victim of the Ghetto, and, like all these like yes. random um, songs, you know. Mr. Lift's Old Crew. I don't know if you remember that song, Old Crew, These Are People You Once Knew. And yep. they used to, I used to call and request that song all the fucking time because <laughs> I could never find. The CD or anything that, and there was a dude named Mr. DL who had a song called The Masterpiece, which sampled the Cheers song. Everybody knows your name, and he rapped about like, uh, just you know, it was bosses for you. Like, he had like a even before like people were doing schemes, he was like, Yo, this guy named Sullivan got bagged by smoking one of them, and he was listening off like all the streets oh and God. stuff like in that area, like a Sullivan Square and all that. And uh, I used I to call and request those, I used to call and request, request them, uh. Posse by Intelligent Hoodlum all the time. The song from like the um the, the Posse soundtrack. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was like yeah, our jam I, back in the day. I, I fucking love ABA Nine at night. And and you know too, growing up, like I'll, I'll double back to my point, but yeah. like uh, it'll take me twenty times to double back. That's my point is like there was a point in time in Boston hip hop when, when I first met you and we all started or I first started doing stuff, putting up music, doing shows. If you weren't on ABA Nine, you weren't shit. Like that yeah. was like the like there was a point in time where I'd be like, oh yeah, I rap, blah blah blah, and they go, oh, I, uh, do they play you in eighty and nine? Do you do shows with leads? And yeah. If you said was, no to right. both of those questions, then you were, you were nobody. Yeah. You weren't shit. You know, yeah. like, and uh, unfortunately, I never got the chance to get played in eighty and nine at night. I never made censored versions of my songs. Which right, is always yeah. a problem. You know what I mean? I got like, played I on um on uh, some other college radio station yeah, around here, but I was never. I got I got played on ones that didn't mind pushing the boundaries a little bit. You know what yeah, I mean? But yeah. I never that's one of my biggest regrets is 80 and I never actually played any of my songs. They yeah. shouted me out a couple of times and shit like that, but 
That's one of my how biggest regrets. Well, I don't get. I can't believe that's gone. Like it, it seems like it's it's yeah. just. I guess the thing is, there's probably no one there who who there's no one who probably could bring it back who cares about the history. No, even to, in the know. even in the later days of it, like all like the Boston like band styles and a lot of those guys were. It's a college, so at most you're there for four years. Right. You probably don't even get to be on the radio your first two. Right. So really, true, at yeah. most you got two, maybe three years of being a DJ there. And then I remember like the last couple of years, these kids would come in and they play what they want. And they were playing Little Wayne. They were playing yeah. shit like that. And you, you hear him like, "Oh, here's a guy named Asso Terrick. And it's like, "Oh, like it was like so cringeworthy." Right, These guys yeah. just had no. Here's our lads entertainment. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And like to me, like I was like, "Fuck." Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That was it a probably, very sad moment in Boston yeah. hip me when that shit disappeared. You it really. I, mean? I remember. Yeah, that was that was the worst. I mean, it's just it was. But, uh, I can't think of. The, I didn't have cable until I was twenty one, so it was like there was like all I had was like that show that D Barnes hosted on like where like she showed videos like with like like who the I'm not gonna say what she's most famous for. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know, right? I know, right? Yeah, I. But <laughs> if you know, people our age only know her name yeah. because of uh, guilty conscience. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I'm gonna take advice she, from somebody who slapped D Bond. Yeah, yeah. And so she, she, the show she had, they used, they used to put that in syndication on Channel 38 at like one in the morning. So I set my timer and tape it. I, it, I, I didn't know what I was gonna get. It would be like Heavy D and the Boys, and then like Grand Pooba, and then like Gangstar, yeah, and, and like Salt and Pepper. Yeah, yeah, and then like Two yeah, Shorts. It's Gangstar. like, but I still know like the all of like Two Shorts, um, the Ghetto song. I could spit that entire song for you because it's like all I had back then. Like you know, was these. <laughs> couple of things so you just you know yeah. but so that's so back to the uh, um yeah because yeah, for, for boston then. mcs all we had was like yeah like yeah, acrobatic like, so was the first I, one who was like someone who not only i heard was from boston but i actually saw in boston and it, saw, was, it was good it was because right, was was before that was marky mark and the funky bunch was what i was yeah. gonna go at that was the yes. only other rapper i knew from massachusetts at that time you know 14 year old kid i you know i got i didn't get a computer in my house till i was 14 that same year which when i discovered big l so i wasn't really up on like a lot of that stuff, you know what I mean? I was, it was, uh, yeah. uh, like I said, the big eye-opening year for me. I learned a lot of stuff as far as music and, and culture. You know, before that, I was, you know, a fucking yeah. little kid. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. The internet, so the, Napster, all that shit. Yeah, exist. yeah. That like that was so the year like reason. Napster became like a real fucking thing, at least in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, you were still I, buying I, vinyl. <laughs> I'm still. So. so that was another thing. This was the yeah. first vinyl I ever bought, and that has become, an, as my wife would say, an addiction or <laughs> borderline too much. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, and, uh, I can relate. Like I like especially these days, these days the naps and stuff. People don't own music. Like uh, I, I still try to buy CDs sometimes, especially local. Like I still have your uh album, your CD I bought me. I can't oh, think of the name sweet. right now. The radio. Oh, the uh, um, uh, all this broadcasting from channel seventy nine. Yes, yes. Yeah, I've got a hundred more copies if you want another. <laughs> <laughs> and all honestly, I think I have two. I'm pretty sure I bought one, and you're like, you can just have another. Like, yeah, you got another thirty. Uh, I try to keep everything like that. Like I have yeah. so many local rappers CDs. That I bought and like people like headshots, like Latab, yeah. people like you know, uh, I'm a big fan of terminology. So I have a lot of terminology. Yeah. That's that's like I actually listen to those, not to say I don't listen to yours or anything, but like Aztec, yeah. all these kids. Uh, I, I always try to support local hip hop. Even um Matthias recently put out a, a project that I bought that. I bought the vinyl oh. for that. Yeah. So I I, I gotta buy Donnie's new I gotta buy Donnie's vinyl, oblivious. I haven't vinyl. checked that out yet. Yeah, you got the vinyl, Donnie. If you're watching, if you got the vinyl, fucking yeah. hit me up. I'll always buy it. Yeah, me, me too. Um, he that dude, I haven't heard of it yet. That dude has at least two songs in every on every album he puts out that I just I'm just like I amazing. <laughs> right? yeah, I'm he's, just still uh, dude, he's he's a he's a skillful rapper, no no two ways yeah, around. Is, you know what yeah. I mean? Uh but yeah, but so I bought this and then instantly became obsessed. So I remember we we're talking about the Battle Royals song. So that was the first time I heard Esoteric. 
Yeah. And uh, about so this was September Hemp Fest in December. I actually got a pair of turntables. So obviously, I spent you know my grandmother gave me a couple bucks for Christmas. Yeah. And, you know whatnot. I went down to I still remember Newbury Comics used to be in Braintree. It's it's at the mall now, but they had like their right. own yep. store back then that was like actually like bigger. I and uh, they had a whole section of of Boston hip hop. And I remember Esoteric's name. I recognized that. So I went and bought Word Association, the single. Yep. I got that vinyl single too. Yeah. I I still got that somewhere yep. in the pile. Uh and that was another one of those is like, oh my god. That was song like, was mind blending. You know what's funny with that song? There was the, the line I heard the other day where he talks about the rumor of him dating Liv Tyler. I'm like, have I lived long enough to forgot? I've that I remember that rumor back then. I'm like, Dude. I never would have thought of that again. Uh, Natalie True Liv Tyler Fiber, rumor, which rumor. is Natalie Portman. <laughs> yes. So it's so funny you say that because that was all I always went. I'm like, yo, esoteric bang Natalie Portman. Like, that's so crazy. <laughs> so, like a year or two ago, one of the um Zarface albums came out, and I had uh, you know, on my Instagram, every once in a while, I post a vinyl that I bought. I'm like, oh, just, yeah. just added this to the collection. I posted that, and Esso commented. And he's like, oh, you know, thanks for the support. And again, I'm like, who does Terry fan? Yeah, me too. And he's the nicest guy on the planet, too. Such a nice guy. So I commented on him. I'm like, yo, I'm like, yo, Esso, I'm a big fan. I'm like, uh, ironically, Word Association was one of the first vinyl I ever bought, and it started my collection. He goes, oh, that's awesome. He goes, Natalie True, Liv Tyler, rumor. <laughs> and I was like, yes! <laughs> I was like... Like of all the lines to, to quote, that was the one he quoted to me. And I was, it made my fucking day. I was like, yes. I was like, dude, you're the fucking man. I um, have to say that he is, um, you know, hip hop. And I guess now people are nicer. People are tend to be nicer to them than they probably were back in the day. And everybody had their guard up. He was the one guy that if you had something bad to say about him, it always told, told me more about the person saying it than him. Because he's been the nicest guy that could ever have been in hip hop. And he's worked really hard for everything he has. So it's yeah, so dude, I love the success he's getting now. Like, he I was, know. it almost came like so later than I expected. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like I remember like, so like that album came out, uh, like, um, Soul Purpose came out. Yep. I don't know. If, I don't remember. If Bars of Death was next, or there was another one in between. It was Soul but Purpose. I, then it was um. The, then it was the one with the word association, which I can't think of the title of now. Then it, the, yeah, yeah, you're right. Dangerous you're right. connection. It was dangerous connection. Dangerous connection. Then yes, it was yes. Bars of Death, and then yeah. it was um. And that might have been the 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 techno we won after that. There might have been one in between. There was one in between. I could picture the cover. It had a shoe. It had a shoe. Oh, uh, moment of rarities. That Moment was, of rarities, uh, yeah, yeah, that had um the Chi Town to Boston, that, that was, yep, yep, you know. and it had uh the rise of a rebel. I can't think that, of that. I love so, it. That's, I, that's a song yeah. I really like. You're hanging um, on, you're hanging on my words, but I'm stepping on your hands. I love that line. And then, <laughs> dude, so, I could quote esoteric bars all day. So you get shot in the dark like the Paris Hilton like, tape. That was yes. like I heard that, and I was just like, dude, that's that genius. is the Rogue Nation. Udog stays back for more. That whole song is. Like my battle rap style, because it was just punch, 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 punch. Oh, dude. I love that shit. I'm dude, a punchline the, rapper. I always the, have been. We like, be heading your heroes. Better get ready for Ready Guerrero. Theoretically, a chance of dead enemy zero. Dead that zero. dude. That is one of my. That's, that that's one of my top five favorites. And at the wrestling like, bar. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. Like, then he goes bite the Iron Man like Jack Ghost Boss and Death Connected yes. like that. Like, I money think fresh off the press. press. Yeah. Yes. He he yeah. did. I saw him playing out here um about a couple months ago. He was opening for Lord Finesse, and he so he was doing stuff. Because every time I see him now, he's doing Zarface stuff. But he was doing yeah, all the which, old stuff, and like it was yeah. awesome. So. Like I was just saying, I I get like so. I remember when when um Bars of Death came out. I, like I was talking to someone. I was like, you know, I was still we were still pretty young at that time, and I kept being like, yo, I wonder if S will ever like blow up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I still had that like thought of like, oh, like he's one song away from being like I thought yeah. like he could be like. You know, this is back when lyrical hip hop still 
you know, mattered. You know what I mean? And like the Eminem wave was like big, right. and like people like Paul Wall were popping off, and a lot of these white rappers. But he, but he was like, a white rapper that there wasn't that version of the white rapper on the national scale yet. Like there no. was, uh, there, he wasn't like Paul Wall. He wasn't like Eminem. No, no, but no, he was no. authentic to what we were like. Like he was a dude yeah. like us. And, and I know? always wanted, I always like kind of imagined, like you know, imagine. I always wanted him to do that. Like I was like, if he just did yeah. that one song that just fucking exploded, and uh, and obviously that never happened. But to see his success now that he's having with the Zarface. And obviously, Inspector Jack, uh, yeah. one of one that of the greatest everything. writers. Yeah, like, it really like. Ever. Yeah, I don't think I think they were so. I mean, they had done the the one the twelve twelve album that you can't even find anymore because I think there was. Not only that, they did this. They did the speaking real words on Soul Purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, they did. Back then, Zarface yeah, yeah. didn't come until years later. Yeah, fucking twenty years later. By the way, this album is twenty two years old. I know. It's I I couldn't it believe it when I saw the date ago. on this. I was like, oh, 20, uh, 2000 Detonator Records. By the way, going back to this, I sent so many shitty demo tapes to Detonator <laughs> Records, and I prayed. Good thing I don't go by the same name anymore because I'm always afraid. Like if I meet when I, I I'm so afraid when I met Acrobatic, you be like, oh, I remember those fucking oh, things. Oh, this guy. Like, yeah. No, they were like no editing, yeah. no like straight up. Especially because remember the esoteric diss song towards um whatever he's like, I sent you my tape in eighties in like nine yeah, sixty. Yeah, These yeah. guys talk about They'll it. Like talk about it like it's still in your whip. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> by the way, esoteric diss tracks to Cage and uh brutal in copyright were right. amazing. Right, I know. Amazing. I know. Do it. The song, the song, do it. Uh. Yeah. Suicide this, suicide that, do it. See, I can't believe I wasted this beat on so and so cheap. <laughs> Shout out to the copyright. I, I have about five unreleased songs with copyright. Listen, copyright's nice. He's nasty. He's, uh, nasty. He, actually, he actually did a couple of battles, like the style yeah. battles I do recently. Against uh, He did one against a kid, uh, a guy named Reverse Life, who I'm a big fan of. Oh, he cool. did well. I mean, like a lot of these rappers try to step into the shit and don't do well. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. He, he did well. He knows um, how to command a crowd. He's got that certain presence to him. Yeah, and I always liked him, but I mean, obviously, I was a big esoteric fan. So at the time, I was like, "Fuck him!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's like it was That's funny. How we rolled back then. I know it was. It was like you know, it was, it was making yeah, fun was... of Cage's pants for the next four years. Like, yeah, right. It's funny too that you mentioned that. I'm looking at like the the location here. This location is, I believe, I right know. at near BU, um, the the Commonwealth Ave address here, in Boston. Because I I went to BU and I lived about right a block from here. This I think is not yeah. far from where the Planned Parenthood shooting was in like the late '90s to oh, show yeah. my age. Um, I looked up I looked up Detonator Records because I knew remember the name. It's basically it was owned by by Acrobatic, it would seem. And then Brian Life here. I don't know if you know him. He was he was boys with like um. I, I knew Judge and all them knew him a little bit, I think. And so I remember it being a big deal that that, that someone that they all knew was um was getting these type of great opportunities. Yeah. And Karma now, I think. I was literally just going to say Karma did the, did the, the artwork and layout. Like yeah. He did he, a lot of esoteric shit. Uh, right. Too. And he I think he's the guy who runs there's a place called House of Rue or House of Rue. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's an art gallery place around here that I bought a bunch of really cool stuff from. And they sometimes oh, have good. like Norman Rockwell type stuff, too. And I think it's run by Karma. Um, Karma the Snake Trauma. Yeah. <laughs> that was his full rap name at the time was yes. Karma the Snake Trauma. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Like that was something, too, I was kind of thinking about, too, is um, I thought about this idea. I'm going to put it out there and someone's probably going to steal it, but which is fine because I probably never do it. But like there's all these other MCs like you see the names in the back of this. Like and I'm not I don't want to like throw shade at anybody here, but dudes like Breeze ever ever flowing that like I mean, I haven't heard that name in a long time. But back then, yeah. the dude was a, he was a top tier MC. And he probably still is. But like it seemed like over time, some of these guys 
guys. And I think Chikai, the Motormouth, now sells real estate in Vegas. Um, uh, him and yeah. I are like Instagram friends. And it's like you like the, I, this idea of like when these rappers finally decide that these were all dudes that were just beasts when they decided to just settle and get a regular job. And I, I kind of yeah, wanted yeah. to do a documentary interviewing some of these guys about what it was. And it's like, I think with Esoteric, he, I mean, I don't know, like, if they hadn't, the Zarface thing pushed him to a whole new level. But it's like, yeah. you know, he yeah, could like, be one of those guys, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, like, I don't know what Acrobatic does for a day job these days, you know what I mean? I, right. I mean, I know he still makes music and stuff. He had some health problems a few years ago, so yeah. he wasn't torn oh, yeah. or doing anything like that. Uh, which was a very heart wrenching moment when I thought we were gonna lose the acrobatic. I know we had the acrobatic tribute show, which you know I've been to a hundred million Boston hip hop shows. That was one of my all time favorite shows. Uh, it happened right around the same time the Guru died. It was the Guru tribute oh, show, yes. the acrobatic show? I want to say they were like a year apart. I forget which was first. Yeah. Um, but they were both amazing, amazing shows. Yeah. Um, but there was because yeah, like, I I remember so I did you ever get a chance to meet Acrobatic? I got a couple of quick. Oh, I've met him a handful of times. I I got the pleasure to do I think two different shows with him, and I've met him uh more times than I can count. Yeah, anytime I've like ran, I ran into him at like the Cambridge Galleria once and shit like that. Like I ran into him at Best Buy once, I think. Yeah, just like yeah. being out and about, and like like I said, I've been to a hundred million hip hop shows. Like uh, I I spent my entire twenties at the Middle East yes. and at Harpers Ferry, yeah, and the Western Front. And any dive bar that would give me a microphone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, I, you know, I, I had the pleasure of meeting a lot of rappers that I literally looked up to. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know if you remember when we did um, the Warren G show. Uh, yes. The past Rose book. And I was talking yes. about, like, yo, like, I, I fucking, I've been listening to Warren G since I was a fucking child. Know. You know what I mean? Like, and like shit like that. Like, uh, you know, I've never, I never made it as a rapper. Also, I'm going to go back to like, I never made it as a rapper, but I made a lot of memories as a rapper. Right. It's something like uh, when, when I tell I people I'm never... a rapper and I'm like, yeah, I opened for Warren G once. Like, oh, okay. It's like, okay, that's what that's worth, you know? And well, it's funny because you're talking about uh, rappers getting day jobs. So like, uh, I'm a union pipe fitter, uh, which I I love my career. I make great money and yeah. it's treated me very well. Um, my wife just walked in trying to fucking talk to me. Hey, what's up, Chris? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm in her office because oh because yeah. my, my well my her office slash my fucking shoe collection room. Uh, uh, yeah, I was, I was admiring that. Yeah, <laughs> I almost I had to stop myself from buying the Zarface shoes because I couldn't. I never leave the house, so I couldn't. I could not buy another pair of shoes, and now I really wish I bought them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're telling me, Drew. I I told you I broke my foot uh, a couple months ago, oh, so I I wore the same right shoe for four months, but I still was buying sneakers that I haven't fucking worn. <laughs> But uh, anyway, to go back to what we're talking about, bad yeah. rappers having jobs. So yeah. uh, when I when I got into the pipe fitters union, and, and you know these days I don't usually bring up that I'm a rapper when I meet people, especially older yeah, I mean, people. Same with me. Who yeah. don't who don't get it? You know what I mean? Like if I'm yeah. talking to someone my age and I know they've listened to rap, like I'll tell them like, yeah, you know what I mean. Even still, I'm kind of always hesitant, like especially yeah. explaining to them I'm a bad rapper, like I'm like oh like eight mile, I'm like well like, kind of like there's no right. beat and I write it before and, and you know yeah. it's sometimes it's an awkward conversation. Yep. But my point is, uh, when I first got in and some of the older guys found out, they were like, oh, so like, uh, you're going to get famous and leave us? And I'm like, no, I'm here because that shit didn't work out. Right. I'm like, I need health insurance, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. but, I had uh, someone say that to me. I had someone say that at my job. And I was like, all right, if your daughter said, I'm going to grow up and be the starting center of like, you know, the Liberty or something. This is that's like basically the same thing as me saying I'm gonna go be a rapper. So it's yeah. like believe me the same way you believe her, <laughs> seeing yeah. that like she's like you know four feet taller, and it's just like you yeah, just yeah, right. Like you should be glad this is my dream because my dream is not to have your job. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. 
Like, yeah, I, I got lucky. My fallback plan turned out very well for me. You know, yeah, I mean? same it, still with gives, me. Yeah. it still gives me the freedom uh, to do these battles and to do hip hop shows, yeah. and to do music when I feel like yeah. it. Yeah, I love my um, job. And it, that's a great thing, too. We're here talking about inspiration and just doing stuff. It's it, creating a life that allows you to do your art and still make money. Yeah. Not I'm always be connected. Yeah. Is, yeah. So. Which, in all honesty, was like my biggest fear going into it. Like, my father's pipe and my, my, my grandfather's pipe for all my brothers. I'm a fourth generation. So, it's, I've always been around in my whole life, but I see my father wake up at 4 30 in the morning my whole life. And that yeah. was like my biggest fear. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I thought like I would never have free time. Like, you know, my father worked very hard. And he, my father's a great man, but he worked, you know, to the bone to provide for all of us. And I never, not to say I never wanted to do that, but I was like, I, I thought if I did, like, that was the end of my, right, right, yeah, chasing music, the end of like my social life. You know what I mean? But yeah. I yeah. Learned to, I've learned to balance March to the well grave, and, uh, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I thought that was it. You know what I mean? So, like, when people are like, oh, you're going to leave here and get famous. I'm like, no, nah, like, that ship sailed. I'm here for health insurance now. You know what right, I mean? No, it's like, because even fame doesn't come with, like, fame doesn't always come with money. And it almost never comes with health insurance. Well, especially <laughs> these days, dude. People are Instagram famous. Yeah, you get 100 million followers and people asking for your autograph. But, like, that, that shit don't really pay. I mean, you can you can flip it into right. a hustle. You can do ads on it. And you can, if you're famous and not, if you're a girl, you're, you, you can really flip it into some money. Right. But like, yeah, like a, a lot of people are famous and broke and like that's that sounds like the worst. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. Uh, like um, I always thought about it. Um, Ari the Rugged Man once said a great thing about that. He was like, I'm just the right amount of famous. He was yeah. like, I walk into I walk into the venue. I take pictures with girls. I sign autographs. I say, put your hands up. People put their hands up. Everybody knows me. Everybody loves me. He goes, when I leave and go to 7-Eleven. I'm just another motherfucker. Yeah. And I always thought of like, that was like, that was like how I wanted to be. Like, I never wanted to be Eminem. Like people always assume as a white guy growing up at that time, period, it was like, Oh, like let's be a huge Eminem fan. And not to say I, I don't like him. But I was like, I never wanted to be that. I right. never had a dream to be that. Yeah. I you wanted can't, to be you can't go to a store. Yeah, yeah. 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 I wanted to be esoteric. You know what I mean? I wanted yeah. to have I a to family locally here. Yeah. Like, I yeah. wanted, that was always my goal. Like people always like, uh, you know, obviously being having a gold record or a platinum record was awesome. But I, I always joke like never I had a line back in the day I was like, I don't want to go platinum, I got dreams of selling a hundred thousand. Like to yeah. me, that was like that was like, enough. you know, just just famous enough. But well, like it's not- also sustainable, you know, because it's like as I mean, it's like it's like it's you can't like nobody can keep selling all these records and then it's like it's like anybody it's like it's like who who can sell these millions of records over and over again it seems so frustrating yeah. and such like a miserable way to try to go through yeah. life like literally know. eminem is one of the only people sorry to keep going back to him but fucking, yeah. he's, he's one of the only people that still sells records because he came out right at that cusp of like people still buying it and his fan base are old people like us you know what i mean like so like yeah like literally i remember in 2008 only two rap albums went platinum it was an eminem album and a drake album that was the only yeah. two that went platinum that year. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. these days people don't buy. That's, to go back to what I was saying, the reason I still buy vinyl so much is because no one buys, no one owns music anymore. Like, I talked to, like, I work with a couple of younger kids and I asked him, like, when was the last time you bought a CD? And he's like, ever. And he's like, I'm like, when was the last time you bought, even download on your phone and pay for it? He's like, never. He's like, I have Spotify. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and I, I come from an era of owning music. Like to me, it, it means something to own it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, me too. So that's why. Yeah. I, that's why I still buy vinyls. Like I buy, I buy CDs every once in a while just to have it. Like I said, like if I'm at a hip hop show. Yeah. And a kid but vinyl CDs, sounds better. You know, I it think. does. And it's just, it's there's something about like the texture having, of like, it. You know, yeah. Like, like I have vinyls in my collection. Yeah, I have vinyls in my collection that are 100 years old. Like I, I'm a big, yeah. I, I really like classical music and I like old jazz and stuff like that. Yeah, I yeah. really have Mozart albums and stuff that are literally a hundred years Damn. old. I don't have a single CD that is more than 10 years old that isn't fucking scratched. You know what I mean? That's like, a good point, yeah. 
like you know, vinyl was made to last forever. And, yeah. and to me, there's something about that that I love. You're you know, never like shoving like, a piece of vinyl like underneath like the seat of your car or something. <laughs> you know, you're never yeah, like right? ramming it into a cup holder. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like it's yeah. Just, there's something there's something magical about a vinyl. Like even like I know you 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 produce and you make beats like digging like yeah. searching for samples like that's is something about that that just makes me happy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's funny like when COVID happened like everything was shut down there was you find it was so weird the things that you miss most and i literally was like dude i want to go so when covid happened i wasn't making music for a very long time and then obviously covid happened all of battle rap shut down yeah and i needed to be creative like i i'm just you know i wasn't working for four months a lot of construction in the city got shut down i do a lot of work in hospitals and in schools so obviously they didn't want us yeah. at either of those so, you know what I mean? yeah, so, the less uh, people out the better yeah yeah, so I was like, I need, I, I started going crazy. I was like, I need to be creative in some way. So I started making music and making beats again. And instantly I was like, all right, well, I need new records. I was like, I gotta, I gotta go dig it. I would find these like little consignment shops that were still open and shit. Like, you know, and like I was on Facebook market sale buying, buying old people's jazz records. Yeah. Just, uh, because it's like, like it's there's so that much music that's kind of just forgotten and it, that never there's so much even like there's tons of stuff that never was never pressed up except for on vinyl and yeah, this stuff yeah. is slowly disappear. and there's breaks that you'll never people will never hear again and it's it's like yeah i even mean like yeah like even like sampling now is like a lost art like the new music that comes out today right. a lot of it's electronic and i get it because of copyright issues yes. like yeah you know a lot of these musicians they're losing money too like we said they're not selling records but then they hear their guitar on a, the radio right. and this is perceived to be making right. millions because right. the rapper's got a big chain on it and he's talking about all the money he has. When but really he's not really, making that much money off that song, he's making money off his personality. But right. it's like, yo, like if you're making a hundred grand off that, I want my cut, which I get, right. you know what I mean? I hundred percent get it. But it kind of destroyed that art of of sampling awesome. You know what I mean? That, that's why Fabulous sold away. He gave away all the publishing of Breeze breathe which is one of my breathe. favorite songs of all time because he because the band didn't i forget who That's was like grand funk or someone i don't know didn't want to give it up and like he gave all of it away because it's like took me around the world it's like you know yeah yeah i uh i've heard that in a couple of songs people had signed away their entire published rights just to get yeah. it released yeah it ends um, up being the better move in the long run again but, yeah because if you can capitalize off the making the name off that you can still do the shows off it and you can still make your name yeah 100 percent. so yeah yeah. So like back to acrobatic for a minute. Um, I I always remember one time I, I sat directly across him at Monday Night Raw one night. So like I was on one side and, he, and I kept seeing people come up to him. And Another like, huge wrestling stuff. fan. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was funny. This was good. I was trying to think about what I was mentioned before about the RA the Rugged Man thing. Um, you know who else is like that, I guess, is RJD2. Because I was at breakfast one day in Waltham and it was like 7:30 in the morning at this place called Inner Pickle, and it was packed. And I see this guy from across the room. I said my girlfriend, that looks just like RJD2. And she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Yeah, because right. most girls, that's not uh I'm like, yeah. the guy who does a theme <laughs> for Mad Men. He's like, okay. Um, yeah, so yeah. like I pull up a picture on, the, on my phone of him, and it looked like it was taken five minutes before whoever this guy walked in the door i'm like that's gotta be him so i'm like i went on the way up i'm like i'm like sorry i would really never do this but it's gonna bother me are you rj and he looked like so shocked to be recognized and he yeah. looked so ple- and it was like he was with someone else and he looked like he was just like like i don't know like happy like th- that someone was recognizing him in front of i don't know what it was i don't know what yeah, yeah, yeah. i think he was opening for the disco biscuits like miles and miles away the previous that night. was shit. Oh, that's funny so yeah yeah and i was like that's uh, a great way to live man you can just sit there and only one idiot bothers you and i'm like yeah, i'm a right? rapper i didn't even give him my like cd made his day, then yeah did. i know yeah, like... he was happy about it i didn't want anything from him but like yeah, yeah. the good level yeah, of 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, and he probably got paid to do the disco business show. He doesn't work a real job. You know. Yeah. What I mean? yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I remember seeing yeah. him um, seeing going to a soul position show downstairs in the Middle East. It was him and Blueprint. And after he, they did all those songs, the crowd was screaming for him to do a set. But he's like, I didn't have my record. He's like, I didn't bring the right records to do the performance that you want. <laughs> they wanted <laughs> yeah, like the right? real. Yeah. And, but yeah, like he yeah. still tore it up that night. So that's you know. funny. Yeah. So like so in terms of like how you got how did you get into the battling because I remember you know I know you through like we mentioned before uh, Pascarosa and Arconics and like monarchy yeah, and yeah. stuff. Um, when did you start? When I when I did the, my battling back in the day, I sort of I got into it through the Scribble Jam DVDs, and it was the days yep. of um, uh, Brother Ali and Mac Lethal and one of my, Brother Ali's one of my favorite rappers also yeah. by the way. Yeah, my absolute favorites. Um, um, idea and so like those were the days that um, people were coming off. It was it was I, so allegedly coming off the top of their head. I mean, and, and so I, I unfortunately I broke my girlfriend's heart like a couple of weeks ago and I explained to her that modern the people when all all the modern battles she's seen they weren't coming off yeah. the top of their head. Yeah, no, no, like, no. I mean, we, <laughs> yeah, like we add freestyles into it some more than others, you know, about right. rebuttals. Right. Um. So to go back to your question, uh, the reason battle rap. So the first rap battle I remember seeing was Idea vs. Shells 2000, 14 years old. It was a very pivotal moment in my life that, that time period of my life. The Blaze Battles on HBO. Uh, and I remember then, like, I didn't watch it live as it happened, but my buddy had showed it me online, like, this is before YouTube. I don't know. Um, we, actually, to go back, actually, to go back to uh, Acrobat, but that was the first battle I remember seeing, like, physically a video up as Shell, Idea vs. Shells, and Idea became one of my favorite. He goes, I'm the reason your little sister's half white. And I'll never forget that part was just fuck. I'm in the, I was, I remember being in my buddy's living room being like, fuck. But um, <laughs> uh, I'm sure you remember undergroundhiphop.com. Oh, God. They yeah. used to have the audio of a lot of battles. Yes. The freestyle. So they had Acrobatic versus Sage Francis oh, on the God. audio. And I listened to that a hundred times. Cause like, okay, so I bought, the, I bought this album, like I said, and I started just hunting down. So, uh, Mr. Liff, who I immediately loved his voice, oh, God. loved yeah. his tone. He's amazing. Uh, him, acrobatic and um and esoteric. I immediately, yeah. you know, those again, are the just, three guys that we had. Still, still new to the internet, I just started searching anything I could find from these guys, and I stumbled across undergroundhiphop.com. I think someone had told me to check it out. Yeah, and uh, the 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 bat the idea of battles just I always loved. Even back before that, I loved diss tracks like cannabis yeah. versus um cannabis and LL, LL yeah. and like. You know, no Vaseline and all that shit. I hit them up. Like, yes. you know, I always just love the idea of that, like the, that, the combat yeah. of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so that was like that website was very uh, inspirational to me. Like that battle, particular esoteric verse. Uh, say, I'm sorry. Um, Acrobat. I gotta look that one up. I'm sure I heard it back in the day because I was in those same yeah. sections. The same. You know, I used yeah, to write dude, reviews was... for UndergroundHipHop.com. Yeah, yeah. Under the name uh, DJ remember... Timid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I story he goes, uh, Sage Francis caught you on the internet jerking off to cage dances. <laughs> I do remember that, yes. <laughs> and then, uh, I remember, uh, Sage Francis, like, uh, like talking about how he goes, All right, Acro, I heard that flow at the last show and the one before that, though. Yeah, and he's like, You're gonna talk, like, it was, it was called the Super Bowl, battle. Super Bowl. I was the Super Bowl, and yeah. um, that was the year I believe it was the same year that Jin, who was Jin the, biggest in the world as yeah. far as battle rap, went and lost to a guy named Alias. Oh and, yes, uh, yes. And, and that was like a huge deal. Like even, uh, you know, being an outsider, like not old enough to go to those events, I heard about it. It's like, oh, Jin, Jin came to Boston and lost, and that was like, 
That was a big yeah. deal. He battled SO, he battled SO, and SO represented. He goes, I know you saw my battle with Jim. It's like you ran like the wind and jumped out of your skin. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was and even like back then, like it instantly became hooked at the idea of two dudes battling. Yeah. And like, so I started Jim was rapping. nasty too. He, yeah, Jim was great. God, was, I, I, I have still, a bunch I of his mixtapes that I still listen to. Like, is, I still so remember nasty. like the second. So he won the first week of, of uh, 106 Apart. And then the next week, he battled Sky Zoo. Yes. Which went on to become a great one, uh, another guy I, I'm yeah. a big fan of. So Sky Zoo knew he was battling an Asian. So he came in and did all these Asian jokes. And I'll never forget, Jim just goes, something, something, something. This is a reminder. Look at your jersey. It probably says made in China. And yeah. it, was, it, was, it was fucking over. Again, like, yeah, those three just... days written, 30 to 60 seconds. You land one bar like that. Yeah, that's over. all. Right, because then the crowd's um, going to start going nuts. And then, then the bell's yeah. going to ring. It's and, like, the, and the time didn't stop when the right. crowd went nuts. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. If you run a crowd, if you spend one bar and the crowd goes nuts for 30 seconds, you know, that's it. That's all anyone remembers. Right. Yep. Um, so go back to your question. I heard that I was already writing rhymes when I heard this album. Like I said, and, and after I learned that people from Massachusetts could put out vinyls, could perform at places like Hempfest in front of right. twenty thousand plus people, I was like, "That's it! Like I, I, this is what I want to do. This is something I'm going to start actively pursuing." And uh, a couple other people were like, "Oh, if you're going to rap, you you got to battle. You got to battle." So then I seen the gin, seen the um, idea battle and stuff. It just became an addiction to me. And uh, again, like you, I did some of the freestyle tournaments back in the day. I was pretty good. I was more of like, I was the party battler. Like I used to go from my high school to high school and shit and battle kids. And if I, you know, I'm from the suburb, south of Boston. So there wasn't a lot of, of rappers, right. but I would go to like, I remember going to like Brockton High and like battling everybody. I would go to any place I could around. Like if I heard there was a battler in your high school, I was going to your That's high what school. it was like. Yeah. It would be like, it would be like, well, these are the group of people that I drink with. And once one of them had a friend over and their friend says they know someone that battles in the group of people they drink with. And then eventually yeah, dude, those people merge. Dude, yeah. I re- dude, it's funny you say that. I remember I was at a party one night uh, and there was this kid. I don't, I don't remember where he was from, but he was you know, down in my area of town. And he's going the next rapper around the restaurant. And all of a sudden my phone rings. I'm at one party. And I'm like, yo, I'm at the like the bat signal. I was trying to give this girl at the time. I was I'm like yeah. 16, 17. And like, he's like, yo, you get, he's like, yo, this kid's talking mad shit. And I was like, yo, sweetheart. I was like, we got to go. And I, and we brought the entire, I like, you know, you know, we brought the entire fucking party to this other party. And, and I fucking, I remember, I remember just destroying this kid. And like it was like a very definitive moment. That was like one of those moments where I was like, all right, like I'm on to something here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I did a couple of the tournament battles. Uh, I never won any big ones doing that. I had a couple of uh, good showings. Uh, I, I remember uh, what's his name? Uh, big Shook. I remember doing yes. one. In, big Shook was one of the judges. And he said yeah. I lost, and he said I lost the battle. It like broke my heart. <laughs> I was like, oh, Big Shook said I lost. <laughs> yeah. Mike Styles did that to me once too. He was like, sorry, man. Yeah. Nice, nice. At the time, at the time, it was like devastating. So then I kind of, um, you know, I started doing the music very heavily, you know, because obviously, you know, I wanted to be a musician. But I always, I stayed battling. Like I said, I was more of a party battler. Loved, loved the freestyles and stuff like that. And then um, back about 10 years ago, 10, 11 years ago, I, you know, realized music wasn't it. So I kind of fucking completely stopped, stopped writing, stopped doing everything for a little bit. And then um, I was familiar with like Smack DVD and, and um, there used to be a thing called Fight Club, yes. which was, was based on, they had a show on MTV too. I don't know if you remember Nims, who now does like, he's now blowing up now with like the hats and the whole like, don't, don't yeah. ever disrespect me shit on the internet. And uh, and I love that dude. I love uh, Sirius Jones is on there. Jin was on there. And so that was kind of like my first taste of like the written battles. But I didn't know. Like you would tell some people were freestyling, some people were written. Right. And I was like, wow, these guys are the most amazing freestyles I've ever heard. Right. Not realizing that it was written. And then yeah. so uh, 
So whatever. So fast forward about a little over 10 years ago. I'm not really doing a lot of rap. I'm still popping out the scene to show support because, again, I, I fucking love it. Right, and yeah. Maroney, or well, Aztec, and at OG started Grind Time New England. And Grind Time at oh, the time yeah. was the biggest written battle league in the world. They, you know, hundreds of thousands of yeah. views and, and millions and millions of views, like Thesaurus, uh, Iron Solomon, all these yeah. fucking oh, legends were all of that. Yeah. And I was kind of like half ass following it, you know, kind of. Uh, so they're like, oh, it's all written battles. And, you know, I was like, written battles. I'm like, that's yeah. not. Uh, you know, you're cheating. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're cheating. You're yeah. cheating. You know what I mean? And, so they threw the event and I went and I was like, yeah, you know, it's Aztec. I'm a big fan of Aztec. Oh, Aztec is, yeah, Aztec. And Ed OG is fucking Ed OG. You know yes, what I mean? Like, he's boss so between legend. the two of them, I was like, you know, in a tip off. I was like, yeah, right. I'm going to go. So I went without really expectations. And Maroney, shout out to Maroney, uh, battled martial law, who actually just passed away. Uh, RIP martial law, a fucking outstanding rapper and, a, and, a, and someone who became a good friend after all these years. And I remember the first, like, there was a couple other battles. The kids weren't very good. And then when they started rapping, like you could tell they, they were the two that were actually good. You know what I mean? And within about eight bars, I was like, oh, I would kill these. I was like, sorry. <laughs> because now I got like, now I got what it is. I was like, oh, right. I would fucking destroy in these. And uh, my, my, bro- my now brother-in-law, one of my best friends, Chris, I had told him, I was like, yo, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do these things. They're written acapella battles. And he laughed because did they invent those just for you? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. Uh, as it's a, white a wrestling guy, promo most... that rhymes. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, as a white, like I said, because I, was, I wasn't the best at freestyling on beats. And even if you listen to some of my old music, I was so punch heavy and I was always rushing that it, yeah. I, sometimes I would get off beat. You know, I got the white guy rhythm. Yeah. So yeah. like, but, but when I would rap those same verses acapella, like even when we would do shows, like I did a hundred thousand hip hop shows. Um, I would always do acapellas and I would see that that got the most reaction. Yeah. I used so to do the I same to... thing because I used to try to rap too fast and I used to try to cram too many bars in. And when yeah, I, when I yeah. gave people a chance to listen, I got a much better reaction. Yeah. Yeah. And I never really understood the, like, the, the four, four bar measure, the one, two, three, four punch. Cause yeah, that wasn't how yeah. I wrote back then. I wrote like, like you said, trying to cram everything into the punch. Um, but I realized when I would do the acapellas of the shows, you know, people's eyes would light up and whatnot. So I went to this grand time event, saw it and I was like, all right, like, I can do this. And uh, I, like I said, I wasn't even really writing raps at the time. I kind of like fell back from music and that like re-sparked my interest. So I reached out to uh, Aztec about doing that. And actually Maroney, I, uh, I was actually at, uh, you know, Chase and, and Pastor Rosa, obviously. Yeah. I was at their apartment at the time. And Maroney was booking battles for an event with Chilla Jones that he was doing. It was a trout event. And he literally is on the phone. He's like, oh yeah, we're locking this date to this date. And he looks at me and goes, dude, you want to try out? And I was like, I was like, yeah, fuck it. Sign me up. Like put my name yeah. on the list. And I went and I, I battled this kid named um, K9 and, and wiped the floor with him. Uh, and that was that, that was it. It was off and running from there. You know what I mean? Like, I got both. They were like, all right, we're doing another one next month. And I battled martial law at the next one. And then uh, that was it. It was off and running from there. I, it became a straight up addiction. Like, the feeling of, you know, where there's no beat, there's no nothing. It's just you and your words. Like, right you know, you got nothing to fall back on. Like, if, like I always talk about people like, uh, oh, like, would you battle like this person, this person, I'm like big rappers and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, because, you know, you hear a song, they can spend six months working on that song. They can right. rehearse that rhyme a hundred times. They get a beat behind them. They got ad libs behind them. They got, you know, studio effects. Like, I get one take, you know what right. I mean? Like, and there's something special about being able to kill that one take. And when you say a fucking punchline, the crowd literally explodes. 
it's a feeling that I can't describe it to anything else other than drugs. You know what I mean? Like it's it's, it's the a, difference it's, between like saying a funny line in the movie and being a stand-up comedian that has exactly like, yeah, yeah like exactly like uh it's that, that's how the only way I can best describe it. it's like I've never done stand-up comedy but I plan on transitioning to that someday. Yeah, you definitely uh, could. Yeah, it's that, a lot it's, of it's something I think skills. about. It's something I think about more and more. I got a couple of jokes written on my phone that like, you know every once in a while, like, mainly just stories. You know, I, I tell stories from time to time, and every yeah. time I, I tell certain stories from my past, and people laugh. I kind of make note of. Yeah, like I can turn that into a. It would also be like kind of funny movie. to go up on stage and just sort of like roast people in the crowd, do battle oh, rap. If people wouldn't know 100%. what was happening, but once they cut up to you, they think it was great. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, so back to the point of wrestling. So there was a, a local uh, wrestling promotion, and because they're like, so doing rest, doing uh, battle rap, I always I'm a very reference heavy style for people who aren't familiar. Like I do a lot of nostalgia bars, and I do a lot yeah. of wrestling references. I love shit like that too. Um, Again, martial art, ironically, he came up to me and he goes, Yo, you know, you're the king of wrestling bars, right? And when he said that, I was like, All right, like this, yeah. is, I'm, I'm gonna run with that. I was like, All right, like, I'm, so I tried, tried to talk myself doing it. So that became a thing. I started marketing it, making t shirts and stuff. So a friend of mine had reached out and he was like, Hey, I'm doing, um, my buddy Sean Smoke, he uh, was doing audio visual for a local wrestling promotion back in, in 2019. And he's like, I mentioned them to you. He's like, um, long story short, I went out there, met with the guys, and they uh, they were gonna give me a job as a manager heel, which is something <laughs> I always wanted to do. And that was the oh gimmick. They're like, I, so I they, I met them. They're like, well, what do you want to do? They're like, do you want to rap? And I'm like, I don't want to rap. I don't want to. They want. They asked me if I wanted to battle at an event, and yeah. I was like, listen, here's my thing. Like the way my battle rap style with not no beat, it's a cappella, it's written. If you're not a battle rap crowd, it doesn't always go over well. Right. You, know you need the I mean? right. You need people to be sort of respective of the timing. The crowd has yeah, to like, like you yeah. know, they, they have to understand and, when to be quiet and when to speak up. And the wrestling exactly. crowd doesn't and it only get takes, that. It only takes one guy go, fuck you. And that's right. like you lost the crowd. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. So I was like, I was like, no, here's my idea. So I pitched this idea to them where they would bring me out. Like, oh, and I would just start roasting the crowd. But I was going to do it with like wrestling bars, but not as right, boss. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like wrestling jokes. Like yeah. I was, I remember I was like, oh, I was the biggest group of losers since the job squad. You know what I mean? Just like yeah. Yeah. Shit like that. Kind of like what John like, Cena would, would end up doing at some point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it, like, it wasn't even going to be rapping. It was just going to be straight up insulting the crowd. Oh yeah. Then, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then they were going to have a, a, a baby face, a good guy come out and defend the crowd and fucking snuff me. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, and then the bad guy would come out and fight. And then that would set up a relationship between me and the bad guy to be a zeal. But, COVID happened and that completely shut that down. Uh, I'm still hoping to do it at some point to get back and to do that. It's always been a goal of mine to at least yeah. step in a wrestling ring once and get hit with a chair. I mean, I'm, um, it's like I'm hardly ever <clears throat> envious of other rappers, but when I see someone like Conway the Machine, like front row at AEW and like rapping someone <laughs> at the stage, and I'm just like, you know, you know what? I have to admit, <laughs> like I wish yeah, right? that that's something I'm yeah, like, like that's, that's, it's so dorky Bundle, too. Thirty chains. I'm like, fuck. I know. Yeah. You know what's funny though is I remember um, I hadn't watched. I kind of fell out of wrestling for a while, and I fell out of popular music. And I I watched WrestleMania one year, and now I watch tons of it. But um, but Machine Gun Kelly came out. He was the first time I'd ever seen him, and he I have to say he was god awful. And I remember yeah. going to the person next to me, I'm like, all right, that was terrible, but at least I'm never gonna have to see that person again. And yeah. Yeah, I was little do you know. So it's funny. So I also, you know, um, like talk, again, back to this album. So when I was about 12, 13, I stopped watching wrestling. Like, like most of us, yeah. this song, girls the, and the battle, the ba yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and it wasn't cool. It wasn't and wrestling was, was, right, was not time wrestling was wasn't as good anymore. The DX shit, which was when it was cool as fuck. Right. Once but, WCW yeah, and you know, ECW but, went away, it was like kind of yeah. garbage for a while. You went to high school. You didn't want to be the kid who watched wrestling, but uh, right, that, right. so that, that song brought back a lot of nostalgia to me. But then um, when Marshall and other people be like, yo, you're the king of that. You're the king of these wrestling bars. I kind of was like, all right, like, 
I started. Um, I'm, I love wrestling documentaries. Like I fucking. I Me started too. I want. Oh, Side God, of the we, Ring. We, the, yes. Uh, Tales of the Territory that just came out. Yes, with the, with the rocked that. one. I've only seen the yeah. first one. I gotta watch. If there's more of those, I need to watch those like ASAP. Yeah, there's two episodes now. Uh, I think the third one about this week. And then I've seen. I've I, seen I, every wrestling documentary. I, I, I mentioned earlier. I I broke my foot in April, so I was laid up for months. And I have Peacock on fucking cable. Oh which yeah. Is, it, it, which is WWE Network. Yeah, I, I watched a bunch of Saturday fucking... Night Main events recently. Yeah, yeah, dude, and they have all the old ECWs. They have all the old yes. WCWs. I watched every fucking documentary they had because I had nothing fucking to do. You know, yeah, so yeah. Crazy. A lot. The Eddie Guerrero um, one's amazing. The CM Punk one's great. Oh, like, there's so many good ones. Great. Uh, but so fast forward to I'm at the tail end of you know I'm, I'm back on my feet. I'm back walking, but I'm still not at work yet. And you know, I'm going fucking stir crazy. And AEW was doing an event in Worcester, so yes. I hit up one of my buddies. Was yo. Will you go to a wrestling event with me? <laughs> I hit up Nick first. I asked Nick, I was, yeah, you want to go to a wrestling event with me? And he's like, mm, nah, not really. <laughs> so I hit up one of my battle rap buddies, uh, my buddy Pharaoh, shout out to Pharaoh. Uh, and I was like, yo, let's go to a wrestling event. It was like a Wednesday night, which I wouldn't have gone if I was at yeah, work. It was a dynamite. I was, yeah. I, was, I was still not working. I was fresh off crutches. And we went and had a fucking blast, dude. It was it yeah. was one of the funnest times. Like uh, fucking Chris Jericho was there and shit, which yeah, was the love, band when we were little kids. I love AEW. Uh, dude, I had, a, I had a fucking blast. And it literally threw battle rap of trying to like top my own wrestling bars because i had to be like all right like you know i i had to be like like obviously the mr perfect everyone remembers that but i said like yeah you know kind of refresh my memory of it so i started re-watching these old documentaries even old matches and i re i fucking re-fell in love with it like it's i feel like a kid again you know what i mean like yeah it's, uh it's awesome what's yeah. um what a couple of you i was trying to think of some of some of my wrestling bars um that i have what are a couple of yours we'll go back and forth with you so, so, well, my, my personal ones yeah well, yeah some of your favorite ones that you've done so just, i'm just, it's just occurring to me now that there's some people listening to this that you know might not even know what we're talking about in terms of bars but it's just like we're just talking <laughs> about like lines like just yeah. from songs like you know like, yeah, give us give me a couple of yours uh well uh i mean I'll, I'll, well we're talking about the 40 bar style so off the top of my head one of the lines i i had to get which is, again it's such like a bar if you don't know wrestling it's like um I, I said something like, um, I'll show Michael super kick your kid in the head. I was like, think rest, think wrestling personas. I'll put a heel against your baby face, which a heel is a bad right. guy and a baby face is a good guy. But right. I know like you heal your foot up on a heel against your baby face. It's one of those bars. Like if you don't get the terminology, it's not that like yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. of a bar, but it's, it's one of those ones. I always think like, Oh, like that's one of my favorites. Like off the top of my head, it's tough to think. Cause I've, I have 40 something battles and there's a wrestling yeah. bar in damn near. Every room. I and, like even in music, I'll Even in music before it. that, I had them, so uh, it's tough to think of top of my head. Obviously, I'm thinking of the ones like because I battled two days ago. So my first yeah. thought is like whatever ones I said last. Like two you don't want to yeah. We'll, we'll save those when the battle comes out. Yeah, yeah. I think the the ones I had that I was I, that I can remember was um holy shit smoke moldy hole in a donut and hole in a donut and cannoli. This track will leave leave a hole in your ear like Mick Foley. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Mick Foley bars. Mick, yeah. Which, by the way, Mick Foley is the man. I got to meet uh, him uh, a couple years ago. There was, was um, good. there I do I I drove by a McDonald's um not not far from me uh, like last year, and the sign on the front said Cactus Jack was here. Okay, so that is uh not Mick Foley. So oh damn know, it! Yeah, I know, right? I know, right? I was fucking shocked to learn that. So uh, Travis Scott, the uh, the rapper Travis Scott. Oh, he, uh, he has Cactus Jacks. Which is his like shoes? Right, I knew that. And yeah. he, they had the Cactus Jacks meal. I forgot he that. did that. I, yeah. same thing. I saw the same thing. I was, I was like, because I, I figured, because <laughs> I know Mick Foley probably comes through the area to do signings and stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to McDonald's. Like the the pieces were all there. <laughs> like, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, he looks like he eats McDonald's. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I'm trying to think like other wrestling bars. Like you were saying, the Mr. Perfect, the one I mentioned earlier, I was like, I'm known for cold wrestling bars and superstars ice cream. Um, I said something like, I'll have your bitch in her underwear like a bra and panties match. I always oh, thought that was funny. The one, uh, about, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Wrestling bars always, it's funny because, like, you know, what you find out with wrestling bars is you find out more people watch wrestling than you think because, oh, like, yeah. you know, especially these days, it's like, it's like cool again. Like, well, yeah. like people our age, like, again, like I mentioned earlier, my style is a very punch heavy style. And I learned early on that nostalgia bars is kind of my thing. Like, I'll always have like, um 90s nickelodeon bars and like i i like i said i wasn't watching wrestling much so i don't really do newer wrestling bars i throw in a couple recently because i started watching again but for the most part like all my all my bars all my wrestling bars are all based off the 90s 80s and early 2000s like i remember doing an interview with a kid uh, a few years back like 2015 and, and we were talking about wrestling bars and he asked me he was like oh like who do you think is gonna win Wrest- wrestlemania that like wrestlemania was like a week away and i was like honestly i don't know i don't know who's in it and he was like, what do you mean? I was like, dude, I haven't watched wrestling in 10 years. Watching, wrestling, like, is commi- <laughs> watching wrestling is a commitment. It's, yeah, not, it's like, something uh, you have to take a break from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but now, you know, now, again, watch, again, watching the documentaries, it made me just, like, obsessed like uh, with watching it again. Like, knowing, like... Oh, no. We're kind of pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Like, uh, it makes it even funnier to me. You know what I mean? It's funny. Like, um, here's other... like Macho Man and all those dudes. Oh, I know. And all the weird stuff. Uh, the other day, I was watching some wrestling news video, and it was mentioned how there's stuff going on with CM Punk now. And my girlfriend was like, wait a minute, so what's going on with CM Punk? And I had to try to dis- distill like 10 years of wrestling history into like a small enough portion where she'll keep listening. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, so I, was, I was able to tell the story from yeah, like, right. walking out of WWE. I don't care. Yeah, from like yeah. he him going to WWE to him like doing that press conference in about yeah. two minutes, I felt very proud. So it's funny to see him punk particularly. So, so like when CM Punk was a thing, I wasn't watching wrestling. So oh, CM yeah. he's punk one of my favorites. CM, CM Punk to me is the guy who got beat up in the UFC. You oh yeah, I mean? like yeah, that, he's him to a lot of people. Yeah, I knew his name enough, you know, because he was huge. Like, and you know, even when I didn't watch wrestling, I still you, know, you still hear yeah. the names. Like he's a pop culture famous person. Yeah, and I still yeah. have friends. I still had friends who would watch it and would mention it up and like, um, but I never knew who he was really until like, I never knew what he looked like until the UFC. And I was like, Oh, this professional wrestler's coming to the UFC yeah. with Brock Lesnar. And you look at him that. and you're just like this guy. Yeah. And Brock Lesnar already did that and did well at it. Right. And then he comes in and got fucking. Right. He fucked. did. He, I think he, I think he did amazing considering all the factors, but that was as far as he was going to go. Like it was like, yeah. I think it was pretty impressive. He got that far, but that's like the only, that's I mean, the rest that's the wrestling fan in me talking, you yeah. know, cause well, it's like, it's he, impressive. It, listen, anybody who steps inside of an right. octagon has my respect. I don't care how good or how bad you do. If right. you have the balls to go, I'm going to step into this fucking octagon in front of a million fucking people. And I'm gonna put my fucking hands up and square off with this kid. You have my respect and, and right the willingness and the willing to do the training that other people have to see to allow you in that ring too. Because it's yeah. not like you can just choose one day to walk in there. You have to convince a lot of other people and yourself. You know. Yeah, and like uh, it's funny because I remember like he did two fights and he both lost them both in like two minutes tops. Right. And I remember they asked Dana White after, and he goes, "If he wants to continue his MMA career, it will not be here." Right. <laughs> They're like, "We've already made our CM Punk money. We made, yeah. You know, I'm but sure, we, I'm we, sure he was a good investment for them. He probably sold some video games too. Oh, I'm sure that first pay per view that he was on sold a shitload. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm a big, I, like, it's funny. So, like, when I stopped watching wrestling, I transitioned to becoming an MMA fan. You know what I mean? Like, which I think was like the normal progression for right, a lot especially because wrestling then was getting very more geared towards kids. It was that era, yeah, where... and MMA was just kind of blowing up. You know what I yeah. mean? Like. 
in women's MMA, that was a huge boost for MMA too. Yeah, like know? the Ultimate Fighter in 2004, which again, like I said, I stopped watching wrestling in 99, 2000, but it all of a sudden 2004, UFC blew up. And actually, it's funny, like I remember being a big wrestling fan as a kid. My mother used to work at Blockbuster, so she would bring me home um, VHSs like every other yeah. night. And, and I yeah. would watch it. Like, like, like the two would... tapes of WrestleMania 4 with the yeah, tournament. Yeah, yes. and, and I would I would actually like bootleg them onto like, the other ones, like <laughs> keep them and stuff. And uh, I asked her to bring me one home one night, and she brought home UFC 1 by accident. Oh, man. And I remember putting it in and being like, this is fucking not. <laughs> that was back when they weren't, they were all fighting with different styles, right? It was yeah, like, was no it, was, it was like UFC Street Fighter. No it was like rules. one dude would be like a tall, like, guy in a gi, and another guy would be like a round dude. Yeah. Like, the first, the, I'll never forget this. The first, I actually watched a documentary about it recently, which is great. Uh, the first fight on the first UFC, it's a guy who's about 150 pounds, give or take, you know, a stocky dude against this big, fat Abdullah the Butcher-looking motherfucker. Yep. <laughs> and the guy fucking kicks his, the big guy's teeth out. and it, That's exactly what I was brutal. thinking about, yeah. And it, 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 it goes viral every couple of years, and people are like, this is what UFC used to look like. And uh, It was it, it seemed was barbaric, great. yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, but I remember, like, being, like, eight or, or, or maybe ten. And, like, my mother brought that home, and I was like, this is not... Yeah, it's not wrestling, <laughs> but I was like intrigued. Also, you know, yeah. what I, mean? I was like, "This is fucking gruesome." Yeah, um, so I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do the version of this with words, <laughs> which is so what's funny. So I mean, you're like brutal with a bar. Like I, it's like I mean, I love your style, and like you just like it's like, but like it's. I was watching one today. I think it was with City Tower, and I couldn't tell if he was, was drunk or playing drunk. But he was, um, yeah, he was either doing a good job of playing drunk or actually doing a good job of ra- dra- battling while drunk. But I was, I was yeah. Like, but like you could tell, you guys, you know, there was love there and stuff. Like, yeah, what is yeah. it? What is it like? I mean, you talked about before, like back in like those days of like cage copyright esoteric, and like these weren't even people we even knew. The people we listened to, we were like, "Yo, man, what's up?" Like, how did yeah. it get to the point where it's no longer like that? Is it just that the battle rappers are getting older and that that, that they're less likely to be that in, in their own personal life, or is it just like people just chill out? Well, the battle is it, is it, is it now the weed is legal, as nobody cares. <laughs> well, no, like so it's different. Like people again, like when I tell people about that, people are like, oh, there must be fights at every event. And I'm like, yeah. no, I'm like back in the freestyle days, there was, you know what I mean? But even like even that, it was usually the rapper's friends who fought. Like the yeah, thing with battle yeah. rap, the thing with battle rap these days is especially in New England, which I love the New England battle scene, it's a very small myth. You know what I mean? Like doing hip hop shows, you would do a show with a kid and never see that kid ever again. You know what I mean? Like he you know, he, whether he was still performing, still doing music, whatever, you never, I never see that kid ever again. In Battle Rap, it's a smaller knit community. So you see the same faces at these events, you know what I mean? So it's less likely to have a problem with the kid unless you have a legit problem with the kid, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? But like, like City Towers, for instance, uh, uh, City Towers, I, I was with him on Saturday at the event I did. Uh, I fucking love that kid. He's, he's a stand up person, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, I had met him probably five to six years before we battled and we just kept seeing each other events and we always fucking kicked it, you know, smoking the parking lot, drinking. We just always kept in touch. And, and he has gone on to do, you know, much more successful in battle rap than I ever has. He's, you know, been able to touch these big stages all around, all around the world and stuff. And I was always like, yo, like, I think me and you would be a good battle. And, it, and yeah. we ended up making it happen, you know? Uh, so that's why, that's why also why that battle wasn't like too like mean, you know what I mean? Right. Like, cause it was like, it was more of like a friendly, like, but there's also like in the Fun, same way you know, with like pro wrestling where it's like you want different type of matches on the card with battles. It, it's like that's the beauty of the pre-written battle is that there can be different type of battles on the card is that like the relationships are different between the people. So you're kind of getting, you know, it's not just like it's not just a race to your best yo mama joke. 
yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, and yeah. it's not just making fun of someone's sneakers all day long. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, we've all had yeah, sneakers yeah. that look better at different points. You know, it's like, but now yeah. it's like you're going back to people's Facebook page and finding a bad outfit they had, and like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like we were talking about before, like back in the freestyle days, like you know, he ain't a gangster. His real name is Clarence. Like that yes. was like could be the biggest fucking haymaker knowing someone's real name. Yeah. Now in battle rap, people literally will pull up your entire life. You know what I mean? Like I've seen people pull up people's police reports and shit. Like I've seen people. <laughs> you know dig up dirt which isn't my style really no. but what's like I, the I mean, wildest stuff you, you've seen like battles and stuff oh, i don't know if it's all man like i said i seen i wasn't there for it but this dude big k pulled out the dude's police report where he had snitched on a guy and he fucking <laughs> handed out he handed out the fucking police report to everybody and he was like all right like let's all he goes let's all read along and it oh was my. wild and like did and it go did over it. oh yeah so he <laughs> did it like which is like and battle rap is kind of like this unwritten thing where people tend to take the third round as like a big angle, like you're exposing someone in your third. No, he was like, I'll go first. All right, everybody. And so it completely, like this guy tried to spit three rounds of gangster bars after that. And it was just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no what do you do? Hear. It's like, yeah, yeah, like no one wanted to hear. No you, one wanted you've to hear been beat. You've been out of class. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it didn't even matter how much the rhyme was. Like, like that was one of the craziest things I've seen. Uh, my boy, City Towers, ironically, the first time I seen him battle, he battled a kid. Uh, they bought a uh, name, um, Dorico, who's another good friend of mine. And again, like this is kind of the you know the early days. He, he exposed him for working at Dunkin' Donuts, and he had taken his shirt off, and he had a photo. Apparently, like they went through the drive-through. Oh, and, like, and like, he, he took face. a picture. <laughs> he took a photo of him, like handing his coffee through the drive-through. And at the time, it was like, dude, it was fucking hilarious, bro. Like it was one of those things. Like it's I think so back, funny. Like, it's like I'm I'm here right now. So, dude, it was so well played. It was just so funny because like he can really rap. Like he's not just like a joke rapper. Like, so he right. the whole rhymes leading up to it were all great. And he was like, man, this mother. And he took his shirt off, dude, and it fucking yeah. Yeah, the photo of him handing the coffee, which is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. That's just like what's um, so great about battle rap is that it's it's sort of part roast, like part comedy roast, and you're part stand-up comedian because it's really just you with a microphone. You had nothing on to back you up. And it's like you're almost putting – and it's part wrestling too because it's like in some degree it weighs – it's kind of – it's a staged fight. You don't really yeah, have I, beef with this person, you know. Listen, you just, you just said the exact thing I say all the time. Like the reason uh, – the, 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 the bigger metaphor of the wrestling wise is because battle rap is wrestling to me. Like we have fake names. We have fucking fake problems with each other. And right. we're going to fake talk about killing each other. You know what yeah. I mean? Like um, – and then you were talking about before. Like, I always tell people, like people are like, oh, like if you're not a rap fan at all, I don't recommend going to a battle rap event. But if you right. are a casual rap fan or a, a hip-hop head, I always tell people, I'm like, it's a mix between a comedy show and a rap concert. A good rap battle should be a little bit of both. You should yeah. see rap skills, and in my opinion, you should see at least a little bit of, of comedy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you have the etiquette of a comedy show. You can't go to a comedy show, sit in the back, and fucking talk shit the whole time. And you shouldn't do that at a battle event either. You kind of have to have the etiquette of this right. man's on stage. We are here for him right now. Whereas right. opposed to a hip-hop show, you know, the beat's playing, you can sit in the back and talk all day. So, like, I always say it's a mixture of those two. And if you enjoy those two, you, you'll love battle rap. If you kind of like stand up and you kind of like rap, it might not be for you. Uh, but if you're a fan of both, I strongly recommend going. And there's nothing like seeing it live either. Like you can watch it on YouTube and that's cool. But like to be in the building when a moment like that happens or like, you know, like I said, when someone lands that fucking haymaker, it's a, oh, it's man. that room's it's... like literally so many small bars. You literally can feel the place fucking shake. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, I love it obviously because I, 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 I'm addicted to it. But like that's a uh, an atmosphere that I love.
You so do I mean? you? So when you're writing your verses, do you know the ones that are going to hit? Like, are you often surprised when one hits like too hard? Because I'm sure there are ones that you think are genius that people don't hear. Because I that that's oh, dude, every that rapper's is, got those. They're like, no, nah, no, no, no. Let me let me pause and tell you what I just said. Dude, it is heartbreaking when you yeah. write a bar that you think is going to be huge and it doesn't fucking hit. I've seen rappers choke because of it. Because yeah. like, sometimes you're like, what? You don't so, watch yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer? What? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know? One of the worst things you could do is think, oh, what? Y'all don't get that? Y'all don't get it? Y'all don't right. get it? Like, it's, I've seen people do that. And, and yeah, like, obviously, you know, I write when I write, like, if I think it's good, I assume other people think it's good. And every once in a while, I write a bar, I'm like, oh, that's going to fucking, that's going to shake the room. And a lot of the times I'm right, but when I'm not, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like, when you like get to that punch and it's just crickets, and like, sometimes the crowd's bigger than others. Sometimes the crowd's different. Right. Like, like I've done battles at events where the crowd just wanted to hear jokes, and if I didn't have jokes, it, it wasn't hitting, and and vice versa. But yeah, like sometimes you, I read a bar that I don't expect to be the biggest reaction, but for some reason it just fucking hits. And, sometimes uh, you just need the one guy in the crowd that really gets it to react, and then dude, you're like, so, oh, then you're like, okay, that's good for a bunch of people online, you know? Dude, it's so funny you say that because me and my buddy, this this dude Speen, uh, a bad rapper friend of mine, we have this ongoing joke where we try to write a bar that only one person reacts to. Like, it's like, if I can get just one person to go, oh, but the yeah. entire rest of the room doesn't get, I fucking love it. It's, it's like a great a, sound to have in the back. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, like a, it's like a weird inside joke because odds are that one bar is the bar the guy fucking remembers. You know what I mean? Like, like, uh, like years ago, years ago, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, this guy, Lush One. He's a battle rap uh, promoter. Um, he was actually involved in the Scribble Jam shit back in the day. So he was in a movie, the movie Time Cop with... um. His father directed the movie Time. Cop. I, I just watched that recently because I that this, this podcast, How Did This Get Made? And they do bad movies. And yes, I've, yes. I've watched 292 of the 300 movies on that during quarantine, and Time Cop yes. was one of them. And Time so, Cop is amazing. <laughs> so there's a scene where he goes back in time, he's at Wall Street, and a little kid hands him a newspaper. So that yes. is Lush One. Lush One grew up really? to become 100%. He grew up to become one of the biggest battle rap promoters in the world. So in a battle, I said, um, what was the, the exact part? I was like, uh, I'm a lush holding paper like time. Cop. You can see the kids a lush holding paper like time cop. Wow. And yeah. uh, you're like, that's a that's a uh, one percenter. Yeah. Yeah. So Voorhees, TD3, uh, his partner, Jason Voorhees, uh, Jason Weeks is his real name. He fucking, he's the one. He's the only one in the crowd who, who reacts. And the next day, he posts that quote on like the Facebook group. And everyone's like, I don't get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And people are like, some people are like, oh, like that. And I, was, and I was like, yo, it's not for everyone. Like, it's, yeah. it's, a, and he's like, the point, and some kid was like, the point of battle rap is to make sure that everybody gets the punch. I'm like, Maybe please, ex- please explain to me the point. Please, yeah. please. And, yeah, and he was like, oh, that's stupid. Like, only like, and I'm like, listen, here's the thing. Boy, he sat front row for an entire night of battle rap. That was the only bar he quoted online. Yeah. You know, yeah. What I mean? he didn't go and write down, like, he reacted to hundreds of bars that night, but that was the only bar that the next morning, he woke up and decided to type out online. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because he was, it was one of those bars like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, right. Because it it's a bar that no one else got. And that, that was the moment where I realized, like, right, that, like, that means something. Like, yeah. he might have been the only one who, who got it, but he fucking got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Well, that's actually interesting because, like, so when you you mentioned like a, a event you did where they they were really looking for jokes, I mean, you've prepared every prepared, I'm sure weeks in advance, or I don't know if you do on the drive there or whatever, but it sounds no, like no, it's, yeah, you know, I, I get a formula. Like, I I'm always done writing one week before the battle. Okay. Like, I, I got like a, a set regimen. You know so, do I mean? you ever find yourself in a room and have to adjust? And if you do, is that like, you know, 
is it too late or like you know i'm sure sometimes somebody does have a goofy hat and you got to talk about it you know yeah like i like again i'm from the freestyle era so like i always try to add a good rebuttal or a good freestyle because yeah, the, the, the crowd knows you're doing that and they give you extra points it's sort of like yeah, you're yeah. extra points for difficulty essentially yeah yeah um yeah, like, but, like, at the end of the day, like, my three rounds are written, so I can't, like, just throw them out the window. I'm not the best freestyler, so I'm not just going to throw those rounds in the wrist. Sometimes yeah. you kind of just got to, like, you know, bite down your mouth guard and fucking let's go. You know what I mean? Like, like, this, like hopefully, hopefully the comment section is, is nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just hope that, you know, the room might not like it, but hopefully the people on fucking uh, online do. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. You know, that's you know, that's something like, else. Sometimes, like, they don't like, really... sometimes the room just ain't on your side. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. So that was something too that I didn't realize till a few years ago. They're, they don't they don't really declare winners in most of these battles too. Now most like, of them became what we call just promo battles. Uh, yeah. Like so, the battle I did last the other day is part of a tournament that you know it's just like the old school freestyle tournaments, but it's throughout the course of four events. Right. So obviously those are the judges. I got the judge win over a kid named Lockhart. Uh, uh, most respect to Lockhart. That he's a great great kid and a great battler. Congratulations. Um, Thanks, thank you. I'm onto this. I'm onto the semifinals against a kid named Hoodie Kruger, who's uh, a fucking another great battler and a great kid. Like, uh, you know, like we were saying earlier, like, you see the same faces at a lot of these events. So I become right. friends with a lot of these people. Um, but I'm really looking forward to that battle because he, he, he's someone like I feel like this battle should have happened a long time ago. So I'm I'm glad to fucking do it. But yeah, most of them, unless there's money in the line, like judge battles are actually doing like people are doing them more the last couple of years than they were. The last like eight years you know what i mean like it's finally starting to come back because i think it brings like the competitiveness back because a lot of people like even myself like i get paid just to rap like i i show up wh whether i fucking choke all three rounds whether i do amazing i'm getting my, paid my set amount so some people right. kind of coast off that it's like all right well fuck it i already got paid like right yeah it might hurt your stock for the next battle they might not pay you as much but it's not gonna make you a better rapper short, you know yeah some people are very short-sighted with that like like, uh, like I said earlier, I have, I have a, a good career, so I don't chase battle rap money. Like, my reputation means more to me than any amount of money I'm going to get right. paid. So I always it'll it'll keep my... you going longer. It's the way to be in the long game. Yeah, sure. and, like, I, I always I want to come with my three best rounds every time. Because, like, I always talk about it, like, every battle I do, it's someone's first time seeing me. Right, so what they say about wrestling, first, too. If, yeah. yeah. If I suck that time, they might never watch me again. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so... uh Obviously, life happens. I've had a couple of battles where I wasn't as good as I should have been, in my opinion. But, you know, I'm, I'm a fucking 36-year-old man with a life. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah, you don't have yeah. all that time to write and rewrite and rewrite. You know what I mean? That so. must be a weird type of pressure. Because I've always I've, I've always thought, ever since battles went written, I've always thought about trying to battle again. I'm just like, fuck, man. Mm. I'm so tempting to do it. But I'm just like, it just feels like a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Oh, it's so, dude, it's, it's so much fucking work. I, like, think, I think I'm... I'm scared I'd go too personal or something and like say something horrible. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's that's the one way to do it. Like it's it literally consumes so much of my time. Like I always joke, like I'll be out to dinner with my wife and I'll be like, yo, this beef is rare. Done. You know what I mean? Like everything is a battle rap bar. It's like, dude, I yeah. spend like, you know, usually I have a month to two months to prep. And like I said, I take it very serious and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make a fool of myself. So I think of it a lot. Like I'll be at work. I look like a lunatic at work. So the week before the battle, I'm usually, I apologize. I'm just going to be sick. My fucking nose is running. Oh, should I apologize? But um, usually a week before the battle, I'm done writing. So I rehearse it over and over and over and over. So I look like a fucking lunatic walking around, like, fucking mumbling to myself. Like, like, yeah. Uh, it takes a lot of fucking time out of your day to do it. And then, like, you, you know, you kind of got to promote. You got to do the wrestling aspect of it. You got to promote. You got to talk shit. Then it finally comes out. You got to share it. You got to fucking convince people to watch it. 
Right. It, it, dude, it, that's why a lot of the ballads don't make music anymore. Because like, there's no fucking free time left to do that. But right. like, so what you were saying, like making music, like I can spend six months working on a song. Like I have a bunch of songs that started during quarantine and haven't fucking finished yet. But yeah. like I signed up to a battle, December 10th. I need to have three two minute rounds ready, rehearsed, and prepared to battle Hoodie Kruger. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so it's, it's and it's your it's reputation on the line. You know, it's and it's also you owe him that respect to show up and be. Prepared. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and in this case, it's four thousand dollars on the line also. So that's another good motivation. Another yeah. nice little chunk of change. You know I'm kind of. Like, so. Are you surprised there isn't a bigger? I mean, maybe I'm just unaware of it, but like. You know, I'm always surprised when I see how big of like video game tournaments I've become and how much money that generates. In that there, it hasn't really been anything similar to that level with um with hip hop battles because it seems like well there, like, there is. So I mean, back in the day, Scribble Jam, the source went fifty right. grand in Scribble Jam. So yeah, but they went out of business though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they gave the source fifty grand. Right. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's Smack URL, which is the biggest league in America right now in the world right now. I don't know if you remember the old Smack DVDs back then. Yeah, day. I do remember. Who are some so of their they, top? Who are some of their top artists that people would may, may know or heard of? Uh, so right now, Geechee Gotti, Rum Nitty, yep. Murder Mook is still is still popping around. He was back in really? the DVD days. Yeah, I remember uh, that name. Lux, Loaded Lux back yep. in the days. He's still, you know, these these guys are kind of the they made a career you know, the out of it. it. Yeah, and um, so they did a tournament uh, a year or two ago, and they gave out a hundred k. King of the Dot just did a tournament. Uh, they partnered with Twitch, ironically. Uh, that yeah. does the video game stream and the Twitch sponsored it. They put up 100k to the winner. Uh, this dude, Bill Collector, who I battled before. I watched the battle back. today. Yeah. Great battle. Bill Collector yeah. is insanely, that was a great uh, battle. An insanely entertaining person. Yeah. Um, he yeah. ended up winning. He seemed, he seemed like a really good that. good sport. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a, dude, he's a fucking funny Was, was that the battle you had the line about um, Biggie and Pac riding shotgun? No, that was against City. Oh, yeah, okay. I did watch both. I'm in the yeah. I'm in the backseat because both Biggie and Pac got hit sitting shotgun. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that stopped like that. that stopped the show for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of, so again, that was one of those ones where I wrote that. I was like, oh that's gonna fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and it did. And I was like, yes. <laughs> but uh yeah. It was, you know, every once in a while you kind of like I you know, you've done this long enough, you kind of expect certain bars to hit. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 you know. Uh, so um so so it's really so it's like you think it's it's smack whatever that's really like the the, the biggest national like if people want oh to yeah 100 100 percent yeah they, they're the biggest uh thing going they have so youtube kind of you know i'm sure you're familiar with the youtube like monetization and everything yeah all of battle rap existed on youtube for 15 years and then when they kind of stopped giving people the same kind of sponsor money uh url got an app their own app which i, I pay eight dollars a month to subscribe to I don't even watch it half the time, but yeah, like, I, like I support the culture. Yeah. So I throw yeah. them $8 a month. And then they partnered with um, uh, another streaming service called um, uh, Caffeine, which Drake uh, is apparently some sort of partner with them in that. I'm not quite sure. So they stream all their pay-per-views through that. And then the battles go to their app. And, like, Are they pay-per-view? I guess I did know that. Yeah. Well, so, so theirs is actually free on Caffeine because they made a deal through them. But yeah, like King of the Dot, even the event Chilla did yesterday uh, at, at that club, Sona, uh, is through pay-per-view. They did it through, even through Facebook because they have a thing on Facebook where you can, where you can do pay-per-view. Oh, yeah. That's, that's so where a lot of revenue. Do that now. That's, so that's where a lot of the revenue comes from is, is the pay-per-view. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, you can only charge so much at the door. Get right and there's, only, and there's only gonna be yeah and and it's you're only gonna make so much off the streams yeah that's um yeah. that's pretty wild yeah. so and that's that's really the big money like really started coming in because some of these yeah. dudes get uh, like you know uro pays their guys pretty fucking well you know what i mean and rightfully so they they right and they're the ones bring everybody in yeah know? like one of their pay-per-views has like over two million buys Holy you know what crap. i mean like, 
Yeah, like they are no joke. Like that's I think are... more than like AEW gets in their pay per view. Probably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably. Like they are, you know what I mean? I don't know. Like I remember, like it was like a big deal at the time. Like, I don't think all of them do that well. Right, right, but right. At that time, it was a big deal. Like everybody, you know, again, better have very small community, so everybody was like, you know, it's kind of like a big congratulations. Like, dude, these guys are right. two million. Now is that is that like when like someone like Joe Budden like dips his foot in? Is that when like like yeah stuff like, like that? Shit. I'm sure yeah, that I mean, sold. Uh, I'm sure that sold a good amount. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I just I mean, most people who don't know anything about battle rap, if they know one battle over the past twenty years. I, I'm guessing like you Joe know. Budden's Cassidy did a couple recently, like yeah. cannabis. I, I was gonna say, that's what I was getting to cannabis. Yeah. The cannabis. Uh, I'm I'm not a big fan of of those like types of battles because like those yeah. people never do as good as like cannabis particularly like. Again, growing up in the area we grew up in, Cannabis was a feared fucking rapper when we I were know. younger. And to have him come out and, like, choke so terribly. I like, know. In that video online, I uh, we were joking before we started about how, like, every battle rap video has, like, 10 minutes of, like, intros. That one has, like, Busta Rhymes trying to give context to, like, what you're about yeah, to see, which yeah. I always thought was hilarious. Like, yeah. But disaster again, like, could not they, have been more ready for that moment. <laughs> oh, my God. He fucking murdered him. He was like, dude, he goes, I feel like I'm putting my own dog to, dog sleep. to sleep. Yeah. Dude, uh, and dude, like, Cannabis came with or a, my Peter a Griffin, or I keep beefing with this chicken. <laughs> yeah, dude, Cannabis came with, a, with the arm in a sling. And yeah, like, it makes, and he goes again, the freestyle, but he goes, It made sense you came here with a sling on because you've never been a good shoulder to lean, lean on. on. Yeah, and, like, and he's like, this, and this little jerk off is only two minutes in, he's already got a shirt off. His like, shirt off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah like, it's just, my, I, got, I got a buddy, my buddy Jamie, who I used to work with, and uh, he, you know, he's a hip hop head, but he's not a battle rap fan. So, like, when we first started working together, I was telling him I do battles, and he goes, oh, yeah, like, that's the only battle he ever saw. And I'll never forget this. He goes, dude, it was like watching my dad get beat up. Is how he said Because, <laughs> again, he's, you know, he's our age. Like, again, yeah. like, dude, back in 99, 2000, Cannabis was a feared fucking dude as far as. He had Mike Tyson you know. in his corner. <laughs> like, yeah, right? I know. E-E-E-N-T. Like, e- e- yeah, in uh, <laughs> the intro to get eaten feed. Uh, Mike Tyson's the man. I could have, I could have done this documentary, but I could have done this conversation about oh Mike Tyson God. too. Mike Tyson is one of the most inspirational people uh, I've ever. I'll met. tell you, um, I've had the opportunity to meet recently. And oh, really? Me. Let's talk about yeah, that. I met him uh, almost exactly a year ago. So it's funny. So in March of 2020, I bought tickets to go meet Mike Tyson at an autograph signing, and then two days later, COVID happened, <laughs> and literally last. November, like literally like the first week of November, I get an email from the people I bought the tickets from, and they're like, "Ah, oh, Mike Tyson's gonna be at the Independent, uh, the um, Braintree Mall on Sunday at noon. Your tickets valid then." And this is like Saturday night, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I guess that's what I'm fucking doing tomorrow." Yeah, I guess if Tyson's so. gonna, well, if Tyson can be there, what, what excuse do I have? Yeah. So, uh, so I went and got, I got the opportunity to meet him, got a handshake. Uh, actually, behind me, I have, I don't even see it. My wife had bought me a couple years back. A fucking Mike Tyson autographed glove. Oh, one of my nice. Favorite gifts my, my wife ever gave me. People um, don't give people who don't know enough about a lot about Tyson don't give him credit for what a complicated and interesting guy he really is. Like uh, I read his you. memoir a few years ago, and they just so much stuff has happened to him that you forget like dude, major dude, milestones. Dude, you know? his life story is fucking insane. insane, and like the way he turned it around now. Like I don't know if you ever if you watched his podcast, Hot Boxing. I've seen a bunch of them. Yeah, they're yeah. great. Now he smokes thirty fucking, grand worth of weed a month or something. Yeah, dude, he's fucking. It's an amazing story. Like to be. A kid who had absolutely nothing to becoming the youngest heavyweight champ in the world to basically being completely screwed by fucking Don King and everything, losing all of his money, like literally fighting for his like taking fights well well past he should have been in the ring. 
uh, just so he could keep his fucking lights on. To so many ups like, and downs. Like, like struggling with drugs, going to jail. Yeah. Uh, over some fucked up, you know, over some fucked up shit. You know what's um, funny about that is like the thing that's the, that that that's the thing that I think Tyson you, you, you were really pointing. Okay, this is a little, but like in the documentary, he about that he says, you know, I wasn't guilty of that, but I was guilty of many of that with other people. And I was like, that's the moment where I I then believe almost everything Mike Tyson says to some degree because yeah, like, like he's so earnest. It's like when he says this stuff, he's just like he's so willing to admit his faults, which yeah. is such a rare thing for like somebody. He looked like somebody who was going to be a cautionary tale but he grew into somebody who was so much more reflective like, interesting yeah. like it's like, like it's funny like back in the day i used to watch like mike tyson interviews and stuff because i would laugh at the things he said like dude he once was like dude he wants like uh, yeah he, uh, the words inappropriate he goes he literally yelled at the guy he was like i'll i'll fuck you till you love me and yeah, yeah. that i don't feel comfortable saying anymore right. these days yes. you know what i yes. mean uh, and he was screaming at a person in the crowd he's like i'll fuck you till you love me like and he was just like Dude, he like I'll eat your children. Like, dude, he was like such a menace at one point. That I, I used to watch these quotes of him, like, and and like laugh and be like, "This guy's fucking insane." Yeah. Now I listen to the quotes and the things he says now, and it's like so like, like he's an intelligent human being, and he says like these, these amazing inspirational quotes. It's just such like a night and day yeah. of what Mike Tyson quotes used to be twenty years right. ago. I think the, tur- the turning quote. point was right. probably um, everybody has a plan to get punched in the face. Yeah. And he's uh, such yeah. I think a lot of people like to see people as black and white and they, they just like they, they like to very much either demonize somebody or love them. But I think oh, Tyson's oh, one of those people who you really see the gray area of what humanity can be. And because yeah. um, he was like, somebody dude. who was plucked out of something and put into something that it was almost like a social experiment to take somebody like that talented and just have all those circles. Like nobody has ever lived that life before that, that no. Mike Tyson no. story yeah, is tiger. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. He was asked, he was asked about that recently on the podcast. They're like, why did you buy a tiger? He goes, cause I was dumb. He's like, I was fucking 19, 20 years old with more money than I ever thought I'd see. Like I was yeah. just dumb. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Like yeah. he, I, dude, he told a story one time that he got pulled over in like a fucking Lambo and he didn't want to take like the $200 ticket. So he gave the cop the Lambo. He was like, I'll give you the Lambo. <laughs> and then like a day later, he sobered up and was like, that was stupid. So he called the police station. It was like, hey, I gave one of your guys a Lambo yesterday. Can I have it back? And the cop got fired for taking the bride. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And he was like, "Yeah, like cops should have taken it." <laughs> Though it's like, like, yeah, I, like the ticket was cheaper than the Lambo. Right. But, Though with Mike Tyson, it's like I feel like Mike Tyson in handcuffs. I'm still pretty nervous. <laughs> like, dude, there's a there's a great photo. Like I don't remember. Like it was like a melee after the fight, and there's like 20 cops in the ring, and Mike Tyson, and you see every cop go, "Oh, like yeah. this guy's got guns and fucking billy clubs," and they're still all like, "Nope, nope." Yeah. Like, it's a look of fear in all those men's eyes. When you see Tyson in his prime, like I can't believe anybody could have ever beaten him. Like when you see him that 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 big and that fast, I've never seen anybody like that. Well, like in like uh, he beat people before he stepped in the ring with people. Oh God, yeah. People were terrified. I don't know if you're really familiar with Buster Douglas, men who first yeah. beat him. Yeah. Uh, so that fight, Buster Douglas' mother had passed away very, very recently before. Oh, yeah. And it was, you know, his mother was his entire life. When I stand, you know, he was a single mother. She raised him. And so he was so crushed by that. He was like, nothing can hurt. He was like, he's like, a punch in the face is not going to hurt me as much as he's going through already. So he was the first man who just wasn't afraid of Mike Tyson. Like, you see people, like, when Mike would walk in the ring, no, no music, no nothing, a fucking towel cut in half walking into the ring, just yeah. looking terrifying. People were beat before he threw a fucking punch. 
Yeah. And Boston Douglas was the first person who just wasn't fucking scared. And it's just going to show, like, you know, uh, I forget, I, I called this many times, and I wish I could remember who said it. I always credit to Phil, uh, Phil Jackson, the coach. Um, he said, I, I want to say it's him, but I, I could be wrong. He was, whether you think you can or you think, think you, you can, can, you're right. You're right. Yep. And, and Buster Douglas was the first person who was like, I can beat him. Everybody else, no one else thought they could. Right. And like, sometimes it just shows that you, th- those men fight nine out of 10 times. Mike Tyson's knocking his ass out. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, you know, he walked in there fearless and fucking took down the baddest man in the planet when he was the baddest man in the planet. It's so funny. Right. Like, when they did that fight, they were so convinced because he was supposed to fight. I want to say Lennox Lewis next, and that was the big fight. Buster Douglas was just a warm up for that fight, and yeah. uh, dude, they didn't even bring ice to the ring when they fought. Like Mike Tyson's corner crew didn't bring water, they didn't bring ice. So when he, he got his face, the easiest up, they, job in wrestling in, dude, in boxing. They, dude, they went to the concession stand and got uh, a cup of fucking ice and poured it in the ring guy's glove to put it on Mike Tyson's face because they literally didn't even bring a fucking ice pack. That's how much they're like, dude, he's just going to fucking that's confidence. Boom, boom, boom. And knock him out. Cause that's what he did back then. Like it's insane. Which is also like a good, a good muscle. Like never underestimate your opponent. You know what I mean? Right. Like, uh, which is something uh, in battle rap. Go back to you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? Uh, it's something like a part of, like I said earlier, my reputation means more to me than a winner or a loss. You well, know that's, what I mean? like, that's I've what's lost- interesting too, is like, so do you like, um, I was interrupting you, but I didn't know they really had a question. Uh, I thought I was going to come yeah, up with one. That's right. Um, because yeah. I, I did plan but, on bringing this back to battle rap. Like, um, what? Fuck, man. <laughs> I got just yeah. something about Tyson. Like, to back to back, we were talking about this. I can, t- I can turn this into battle back to battle rap. No problem. Yeah. Uh, so, battle rap, like we were talking about earlier, as far as jokes, personals, punchlines, I always um, compare it to MMA and boxing. Because it's like, you know, like uh, when I first started, joke was, jokes were very heavy and like I'm a funny guy. And when I first started yeah. battle rapping, that's all I wanted to do was make fun of rappers. Like there was a lot of rappers at that time, like, you know, that cocky battle rap ego and rappers. Into the great right. I, just, I just wanted to go up on stage and make fun of them. You know what right. I mean? And then people started saying I wasn't lyrical enough and that bothered me. And I was what like, is that? Whole- that's something that I don't even know that it's like when people are like, yo, is he technical enough? I'm like, well, he's yeah, gonna wrench like, in his fucking hand. So I don't know. Like, do, like-, <laughs> like doing music, everyone said I was too lyrical to, to be successful. <laughs> yeah. And I went to battle rap, people said I wasn't lyrical enough. So I got this huge chip on my shoulder. But I always say, uh, compared to MMA, because some people would be like, oh, like all you need to do is know how to throw punchlines to win a battle. And I'm like, well, that's like saying all you need to know how to do is box to win an MMA fight. Right. It's like you can go, you can be the best boxer in the world. Like, um, no, oh I can't think of his name now. Uh, um, so, uh, Tony something. I can't think of his name. He's a great fucking boxer. Went into MMA and got fucking choked the fuck out the, in two seconds by right. um, Randy Couture. Um, Conor McGregor, a great MMA fighter, stepped into a boxing ring and got lit the fuck up. You know what right. I mean? Like so. Yeah. I always say battle rap is like MMA is like boxing. Like styles make fights. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yes. just because you're real good at one style, you might beat a lot of people with that style till you come across a fucking jujitsu guy who chokes you the fuck out. You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. So like to turn it back to battle. That's like yeah, I'm a big MMA fan. I said I'm a big boxing fan. Obviously, talking about Mike Tyson. That's like one of the analogies I always go with as far as like comparing battles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you ever feel I mean, do you ever feel that like um do you ever get in a battle and know somebody's scared of you? Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> like I again, like not just not like I've built because you can tell you, you, if you're around somebody in a competitive environment, you can you can even feel their energy. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. Like I've had people after 
I've had people, I've seen the look in people's faces, like, uh, when I start rapping and shit, like, I've had people, especially after, be like, yo, like, it's a lot different when you're saying those things to me, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, like playing uh, Jeopardy, it's like, well, it's always your turn at home, and, and you're not competing yeah, with anybody, yeah. you know? And, like, dude, I'm, a sm- I'm a small man, I'm not a big guy, but I stretch the imagination, you know what I mean? I'm a pretty fucking short kid, I'm skinny, you know what I mean? So... It's easy for people to be like, oh, like I'll fucking tool on this kid. And then when I start barking on people, like it's it, sometimes it's the shock value of it. And sometimes right. like, and again, I've built a reputation and I built, a, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big fan base, what do you call it? But I, you know, right. people know me. People know you. And are. sometimes that alone um, surprises people. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I did a great battle uh, against a kid named Chris Mills, who uh, I love Chris Mills very much. He is an absolute stand up guy. He doesn't battle anymore. But he's someone I uh, kept in contact with over the years and is a great friend. And when we battled, we battled in Quincy, and uh, which is you know my backyard. Yeah, and I told I brought a lot of friends to that one, and he didn't know that. So right when they're like, "Yo, rap it to my left, introduce yourself," I just went like this, and the whole crowd went three sk, three sk, and the look in his eyes was oh like, he was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Because he was still relatively new at battle rap. Yeah. you know what I mean. He and he was real good. Like he was one of those kids who came in and was real good. Uh, so I was like, "Yeah, I'll battle this kid." Like I like him. You know what I mean? And I, the look in his eyes, like he, he told me after he was, dude, he's like, I fucking, it was over right then and there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But yeah, like I've had people tell me, like, you know, no one ever will admit it before the battle, like, oh, I'll fuck smoking. But people right, have been asking, yeah. like, yo, like, this is, and I battled a lot of people where I'm, you know, again, I'm not the biggest name, but I, I've done a lot of battles where I'm the bigger name. And, and I yeah. take a lot of pride in that because when I first started, the bigger names wouldn't battle me. So when I finally, like, I, some people get, get, um, recognition for who they battle i got recognition because i would battle anybody you know what i mean like it took a very slow process for me to to be where i am because i literally would battle every month and i would battle anybody you know what i mean like that competitiveness in me was like all right like you guys aren't gonna give me if you guys aren't gonna give me my uh give me my flowers for lack of better words like i'm gonna fucking take them you know what i mean so yeah that was always my point yeah you you'll you'll get the good battles by going through and proving a point and yeah. like making a name like like uh like like 40 bars was my first like big battle i had yeah. and that was my my 20 something battle and i talked to certain people now and like again battle rap was very different when i started there wasn't a lot of leagues there wasn't a lot of money being thrown around and people like who i know like you know this sixth battle they're battling a big name and like oh it took you 20 but it took me six well, yeah. like, it like, took what are we me, it, it took me building new england battle rap for six yeah. years before you could get a big name. You know what I mean? Like when me right. and Maroney and those kids started, it was so different back then. Like, um, but I, I don't take any, you know, I'm glad of where I am. It's like, you know, like I when, when I'm out, when this is all said and done and I, and I retire, which is probably sooner than later, uh, I can look back and be very proud that I played a large part in building the scene. Like when I came into the music scene, like, again, like, you know, when I first heard of these guys, um, it was an opening to a music scene that, that I eventually became a part of and blew up. I met you. I met, yep. you know, all these kids. But then I had our own scene, but I didn't build that scene. That scene was kind of already existing. And I played my part in it and I tried to be as much a part of it as I could, which I feel like I did. But in the battle rap scene, I really was like a yeah, founding yeah. person. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like Maroney particularly, Chilla Jones, and, and a handful of others that are still around played a large part in building what is New England battle rap now. And that's something I will always yeah. like, uh, I mean, I, I, you could walk into, I mean, you could walk into any league in, in any English speaking league and hold your own. I mean, it's yeah. like, there aren't a lot of people that can say that. Yeah. And like, despite the fact, like, you know, again, I'm not the biggest in the world, but like I've gone, you know, I got, I got the opportunity to go to Canada and other places and it's always surprised me. Like I walk into a room in another country and people know who I am. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, it must be wild. Like, 
you know, I mean, like talking about our rugby man earlier. Like, I'm not, yeah. you know, I, 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 every once in a while I'll get stopped, you know, in my hometown and people know who I am. But to yeah. be in another country and people know who I am, it's just a real thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, I built my own little niche and I'm very proud of it. You know what I mean? Like, I, again, I'm not the most famous person in the world. I'm not the biggest no. battle. I'm not even the biggest battle rapper in New England, but I, I definitely carved out a lane and built uh, my own little legacy. You know no, but I mean? people, so, it's, it's one of those things that people who are passionate about it are super passionate about it. And yeah, I, I, I do think like, it could like have wrestling. a bigger audience. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like it's, wrestling. Like some people, if you get it, you get it. And, right. and a lot of people who get it, love it. You know what I mean? And there's an endless it, number of ways to talk shit on somebody. Like that, they're never going to yeah. run. That well will never be dry. <laughs> yeah, because everybody's different. Like you, the things I say to you won't be the same as I would say to right. another battler. I mean, you know, sometimes it is. Some, you know, I mean, my style is my style. It doesn't change too much. But yeah. Uh, and in the punchline style, there's always something to punch. There's always going to be yes. a new slang that I can turn. There's always going to be a twist of phrase I can do. There's always going to be, you know, a, a reference to be made. You know what I yeah. mean? So there's yeah. always, you're, you're, someone's always going to look like something. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I know. Someone's like yeah. this guy type shit. It's always, yeah. It'll always be that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the battle rap style has evolved. You know, my style has evolved. Again, 10 plus years of doing it. You have to evolve or die. You know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. Man. Well, never, I. Never, that's probably a good place to leave it off. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. Um, Thank you very other, much for having me. I no thoroughly problem. enjoyed like this you. conversation. Yeah, Even if too. this wasn't recorded, I would have loved to have this conversation yeah. anyway. Uh, and I very much appreciate you yeah. reaching out to do this. And I appreciate all the art you've done for me over the years, too, by the way. No problem. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, the, the fucking the face that you made, the mask that you <laughs> made for me is still one of my favorite pieces of artwork I've, I've ever had made. Me. I still want to get, get a real one of those made up. You, I I forget if you did that to me. That was right before COVID, if I remember. I think correctly. it was like early time. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because I, I at that time I had just gotten these shirts made, and I, that was going to be the next one. But then live events stopped and, and all that shit happened. Uh, yeah. I plan on for a quick plug. I do plan on releasing yep. new music, new music soon. Uh, I have an EP that I started working on during COVID. It's called Sullivan, which stands for Suckers Usually Lose Lyricism into Violence and Negativity. And I wanted to do something that was, again, this is Saturday during COVID. I wanted to do something that was just non-battle rap. I didn't want to write, yeah. I'm going to fuck your girl and I'm going to shoot you bars. So I, I, I started making that project. And that mask is going to be the cover of it. Oh, dope. Um, Sweet. So, so I could finally do something with it. I made stickers with it and shit. But yeah, that's uh, whatever I get around to. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Matthias. Matthias, I, I, I recorded the whole thing at my house and I re-recorded there to add mixed masses. Shout out to Matthias and uh, a couple other people who were involved in it. But. Sweet uh, man, I do. That's awesome. I want to thank you severely for for everything and always being a uh, fucking stand up person. Yeah, you too, man. What's your, what's your social media and stuff so people can find uh, you? At three sk hip hop on pretty much everything. Twitter. I, I got my Twitter fucking uh, kicked off for talking shit to a Fox News reporter a few years ago. So <laughs> I don't. I got like three followers on the new one. I don't really use it, but uh, that's that's another story. Yeah. Um, Instagram, hit me on Instagram, Facebook at three sk hip hop is is most mostly everything. All right, word man. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very Thank much. You so again. much. Absolute right. pleasure, John. It's not impossible for you to get cooked over some fake beef, break teeth. You are the most non-threatening white guy I've ever met. The type to say shit like, hey, chief. Hey, chief. They pick lock because you're a safe cracker like a bank thief. Yo, 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 yo,
You look like a crooked rookie undercover cop here to close the case, motherfucker. Uh, Duke lacrosse team rapist, motherfucker. Face it, motherfucker. Use a Buzz Lightyear origin story looking in the face, motherfucker. <laughs> Keep going, dude!